listener, do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Anyways, I hope you guys are having an awesome night. Not dealing too much with the weather. I know in Texas you guys have it rough. Here we've got, it's just everything's a fucking icicle, basically. But uh, we have power, so I'm not going to complain. Not a bit. Yeah. At all. And is, it, is it snowing over there? Uh, I don't know. It's been off and on all day, so I don't know if it is uh, right now or not. Must get a big, giant amount of it, at, like, starting at 10. <sighs> yeah, it's supposed to start all over fucking getting tonight, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of looking at it, but at least I don't have to drive in it, and, and we have power, so I'm not going to complain. We lost power with that storm a couple years ago, and that was a fucking shit show, so I know how bad that is, man. We were without for, like, three days, and that is way rougher than you think. Like, you imagine, like, oh, it'd be okay, and then it happens. You're like, 20 minutes in, you're like, I'm going to do, I can't. I'm going to do, I can't. I'm cold. Fuck, this sucks. It's the worst feeling ever. Jarvis Fitzpatrick, what's up, buddy? He says, uh, hey, my fav- favorites just scored one hell of an interview with Frito-Lay and am now hired starting in March. You guys have inspired me to move on to bigger and better things. Love you guys. Hey! Fuck you, Jarvis. Good job, man. That's awesome. They call him New Job Jarvis in the streets because that's who he is. You make those fucking chips. <laughs> Do it! <laughs> Do it with pride. And I'm going to make the dips, and then we're going to put them together. And then we're going to have ch- chips and dip. <laughs> work. Frito lay with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make crunchy shit. Hey, dude, I found this new guy. I was watching this uh, compilation of these funny memes and whatever. This guy called Be a Man. I think he's on TikTok. I don't know, but dude, he's funny as fuck. He's kind of this overweight, like normal looking American dad kind of guy. Yeah. He says, right, he says little phrases like, uh, he's like, um, don't go food shopping, starve and die. Be a man. <laughs> it's like how his idea, and he's like, be a man. And then he's like, uh, He's like, don't uh, automatically start your car, like one of those automatic switches or whatever. He's like, go out and freeze your balls off. Be a man. <laughs> I was like, dude, that sounds just like somebody like, like Big Dad would say back in the day. I was going to say be that. Be a man. That sounds like the men that we grew up around, you know? Mm-hmm. No matter what you did, you're a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. nicotine patches? You mean bitch stickers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking elbow could be hanging out of your arm. They'd be like, walk that shit off, you big puss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney Reed said country fried steak overrated. Oh, my friend by itself. Yes. By itself. Yes. Country fried steak is overrated, but you dip that shit in some sausage gravy. Hoshaka. I never, you never I knew. Fried steak. I'd rather just get a steak. Fuck it. I don't want a country fried steak. Just make that shit normal. Yeah. Steak is better. But the, yeah. like I said, man, the first time I had it like smothered in gravy, you dirty old man. Like- oh, it's like that. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, give me that refried beets. Like, fuck that. Just give me the regular beets. Like, get that shit right the first time. Why well, you got to refry it? <laughs> uh, okay. So Halloween Kills News. This is this is a little bit old. Not going to lie to you. Um, hang on one sec. Let me fix this little poopy thing right here. And then uh, this is a little bit old from a few days ago, but we haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about it. So I uh, definitely wanted to do that. Um, let me see here. Take that one down. Put two more up. Oh, here we are. Um, so John Carpenter, the great one, talked to NME.com and answered a couple questions about Halloween. There's the usual stuff in here. He says that it's, you know, he said, Holy Toledo. It's the ultimate slasher movie. It's Halloween on steroids. It's great stuff. We've all heard before. So I'll just move around to the new shit. Um, 
they said, where does it stand in comparison to the rest of the movies in the franchise? And John Carpenter responded basically for Maleka Cod and said, well, the producer and owner of the Halloween franchise, Maleka Cod, says it's the second best one right after the first. So that's from him. That's that's a that's a high honor right there. Yeah, man. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit hole. He says, I think it's a balls out slasher movie. We haven't had one of those in a long time. So and I know I know every time we talk about this, you know, everybody says, Of course that's what they're gonna say. They're paid to do that. And yeah, I understand that. But this is just another instance of again, Akkad's not saying this. John Carpenter's saying that that's what Akkad told him. So that's a private conversation. That they had betwixt each other, no news cameras around, no nothing. If if Maleka Cod didn't say that directly to John Carpenter, then I don't feel like John Carpenter would just go out there talking out of pocket like a bitch. Because John Carpenter's not a bitch. Are you calling John Carpenter a bitch? No. Okay. I yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that John Carpenter's for sure not like saying that out of school. He's not telling tales outside of school. I think that John Carpenter, if he didn't give a shit about the movie or give a fuck about them, he's already pretty much said that about Rob Zombies. He's like, I was doing it for a paycheck. He's like, go have a ball. Go have a good time. He never gave it praise or dissed it in any way. He just didn't give a shit. But that's great news. Malaka Akkad, like the whole fucking thing is great. Like That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. I like it deep into my tendrils at night, and I want to sleep with it. Ball. Yeah, I want to I eat butter. Uh, they, he also they said another sequel, Halloween Ends, is also on the release slate. Now, this new, news is less fun than the last news that we just talked about. Another sequel, Halloween Ends, is also on the release slate. What stage is that at? John Carpenter said... We've all read the script, and we love it. So now we've just got to wait until things are a little bit safer to make it. Which means that they're officially not making Halloween ends at the moment, at least. Yeah, well, you know, with everything going on right now, I could see why. But, I mean, I, I did see also, in a, a side note, attached to that. Like, I think that, I don't know if it was John Carpenter that said that, or uh, I can't remember the guys that actually said that. But, he's like, you know, if Halloween Kills has to go to streaming, then it will go to streaming. Or I think they said that they, it will go to streaming most likely anyway. Like, it's going to yeah. probably release at the exact same time. And that's why people were saying, well, you could have released this last year. Yeah. Like, you could have just go ahead and fucking done it. Well, that, that's that's the, actually the next question they asked him that I was going to get to about, about it going straight to streaming. But he said, I mean, the fact that the fact that they're not filming it right now is one thing. I, it's kinda, it is kind of weird, though, because someone said, I know Jamie Lee Curtis just got casted in the Borderlands movie. And this was just some someone on Twitter I saw said this. They were like, well, it's probably because the schedule conflicts with the other shit that she's doing now. But I also wonder... Uh, I mean, most a lot of people are filming right now. Like, there's a bunch of people filming. They're just doing it with the COVID protocols. And yeah. I wonder if Blumhouse, Universal, whoever, uh, you know, just decided, hey, we bought ourselves a whole year by having to push out Halloween Kills, which I still believe is one of the reasons it didn't just go to VOD. We bought ourselves a whole year. Let's just use it. Let's just wait the year. Uh, and, you know, when things get better, we'll start filming. When we don't have to yep. go through all the complications of COVID, we'll start filming. And then if it makes the release date, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But after after hearing that, I'm 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 not my hopes aren't high that we're gonna see Halloween ends in twenty twenty two. I uh, it really kind of sucks because I feel like when the iron's hot, you should keep on striking that bitch home. Like I don't bang, know. Bang, like bang it, the you release Halloween kills and you wait too long in between movies. I, I don't know if that's a really good strategy in the long run. I mean, yeah, it could give you more time to maybe develop a better idea or shoot it better or whatever, but like you got to hit it now while it's hot, and like like right now, Halloween is at the very center of the renaissance that's happening in a lot of these classic horror films. So I mean, I I would think you got to get that shit made. Like I'm not saying rush it to production, 
But like you mentioned, I mean, it was already proven. You can still shoot the thing in post-COVID world. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise is out there fucking screaming at his goddamn, <laughs> you know, hey, get his fucking coffee and fuck off if you're not wearing a mask shit. Mm-hmm. So you can still do it. You, you motherfuckers. Gotta... Yeah, he's like, you got to. Because that's what keeps me up at night. But uh, you got to have those kind of protocols set in place, and it's easy for them to do that. I don't know, man. Like, I, I also makes me wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Obviously, we're not on the set or working, but if there's any kind of problems going on where it's being delayed, uh, maybe something with casting, maybe one of the actors or actresses being unhappy. I mean, there could be a million different reasons why they delay it, but I hope it's not because of those reasons and it's just the COVID thing, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, my... But it could also be with them maybe just wanting a balloon, like a pillow between – Maybe they hope the theaters open back up in full force, and they maybe give it an extra year. Yeah, I, I, I bet I bet they have a date in mind, and they're like, "Hey, if 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 this happens and this happens, and the cases go down to this amount, or the restrictions are backed up to this amount, to where we can successfully and easily film the movie by this date, then we'll go ahead and we're going to push to get the movie out. But if it if th- those things don't happen by this date, we're good. <laughs> Let's just put the bitch to twenty twenty three. Have a year in between the movies." Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, it sucks because, like, right now we're like, part of us is like, I don't give a shit. I get Halloween kills in October. And that's going to happen. They said it's happening no matter what, hell or high water. So I think right now, part of me is like, I don't really care. I just want to see Halloween kills right now. But then as soon as Halloween kills ends, I'm going to be like, man, when are we getting that fucking next movie? <laughs> I'm going to be on it, you know? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. By the way, uh, I noticed a couple of people are saying my mic is low. I, I turned it up a little bit, but the last time I did it, it was like blasting through people's ears. You so. sound better now. I thought you were quiet, but that was just, everybody said the audio was fine at first, so I thought it was just me. I turned it up and moved it a little closer to my mouth like I like it, okay? So it's in a good reach for oh, a cocksuck. Get but inside yeah, of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking be slathering all over this like I'm Johnny Cash in the fucking concert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up to the Johnny Cash part, it sounds good. So I think I think you're probably good now. I thought it was just mine. Um, Ryder says these boys are my boys. Cut them off in slices. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't know how to think about that. But thank you, Richard Ramirez. I, I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gillen says my power went out on Christmas Day, so I poured a glass of whiskey and sang songs till I went to sleep. Lol. That's what, that's, that's a good idea. That's, that's fucking, what great that sounds like something like that be a man guy would say he's like hey when your power goes out don't be a girl and cry to the power company (laughs) fucking drink yourself some wild turkey and pass out and die from freezing (laughs) fuck heat drink this bottle yeah that's true man like you get a little whiskey in you that really does warm you from the inside it it does it gets reminds me every time i drink it because i don't i'm not a hard liquor guy but it always reminds me that liam neeson moment in batman uh begins when he's like goes don't worry about your arms they'll take care of themselves rub your chest (laughs) (laughs) but that's true though because when you get cold the first thing you want to do is rub your fucking arms but i think of that too it's like this shit's not doing anything liam god damn it uh, Marcus Hitt says, uh, Hicks says, uh, are you guys excited about the Mortal Kombat reboot? And did you know yeah. the first trailer drops tomorrow? I didn't know that. I didn't me, know. Me is excited. But it, um, I, man, I, I'm just so I'm so happy to get, like, you're going to get Mortal Kombat. You get to watch it from the comfort of your home. You get to watch a brand new fucking Mortal Kombat movie, which looks like they're actually paying respect to the actual source material. So I'm fucking hyped up. I did see the poster for Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero wins. I thought that looks badass. Like, he looks cool as shit. He's got the ice sword, so he looks more like um, Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance, uh, Sub-Zero, rather than the original Mortal Kombat. But I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I saw Scorpion today, and, like, it's 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 very, uh, I don't know what I'll say, Batman Begins. It's very, like, practical looking. It, mm-hmm. it, it's just a still. So I don't know what it's going to look like. But everything looks practical except for the Sub-Zero's magic so far from what we've seen. But, yeah, that trailer drops tomorrow. Uh, we're going to see about you know what? doing a reaction I got to be honest, man. Even with the original Mortal Kombat movie, 
Like, I know it had problems, obviously. It wasn't the perfect movie. It was still a great cast. And honestly, I thought that the costumes they had on Sub-Zero and Scorpion, while basic, it actually paid homage pretty fucking well to the games. I, I was like, I liked it. And I thought that reptile scene was fucking one of the most classic scenes ever. Yeah, I have no problem with how they looked in that movie. I think that movie's mm-hmm. a little underrated, to be honest with you. I mean, it's got dumb shit in it. But yeah. it's, it's so the Johnny shit. Cage, the guy they cast as Johnny Cage was fucking great. I mean, it was. I know it wasn't Jean-Claude Van Damme who, who they wanted. But, I mean, it was still fucking, he was still good. Yeah. He's like, those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with how they looked at all in that movie, man. But I, I'm super excited to see it, man. I can't wait to see what's going on there. Uh, the Shape in the Shadows. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. It says, sup, Mike and Jay. The Wham Fam. Hope you all are doing good. My girlfriend wants a shout-out from Dr. Loomis about girl baby names. All right, you say I have a girl baby names. Okay, so one thing you don't want to name it is Lois Strug. Okay, it's doomed to failure. It's fucked if you do that. Don't name it Laurie. Don't name it Strode. Don't even name it a, a, a goddamn name that rhymes with Laurie or Strode. And don't name it Jamie or Cookie Woman. I don't know. You know what? Be, it, be safe. Name it Beth. I mean, goddamn. Uh, what's his name from the Beatles? Wrote a song about her. No, it's, it was Kiss. It was those ones that walked around like wussies in their makeup. Those Kiss boys. Knights in Satan's service, pieces of shit. Yeah, uh. The cat wrote that song, Beth. Name it Beth. I like it. The cat. <laughs> Good luck to you. The Nightmare Man says, wow, they almost made three Halloween films in a roll pretty quick. So I hope they don't lose all that steam when they finally get to make Halloween ends. Yeah, that's I, I what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like, popularity-wise, I think that that's something they got to fear about. But, I mean, typically, you know, movies don't come out one after another. If anything, I actually think, and uh, don't get me wrong, I want to see it the next, the following year. But if anything, if you think about like the Hunger Games and Harry Potter and shit like that, or Twilight, like those movies that were filming all their shit back to back, and then they would have one like nine months after another or year after another, it to me it felt like that first movie had a lot more um, like buoyance behind it. And then the one would come out a year later, and you're like, oh fuck, the new Harry Potter's out today. I thought people were gonna go nuts for that, and they do. They show up for it, but when it when they're so close to each other, they don't really have the same fanfare. It feels like, at least just yeah. to me. I feel like it's one of those things, like, again, it's risky. It's a risky thing because I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm not saying, like, hardcore Halloween horror fans wouldn't mind the weight on it. But if you're going to talk about the vanilla people, like the vanilla audience going to see it and giving it money to keep it churning, it's risky because if you have too long in between this big giant franchise or these great movies and then people are like, I'm not really interested anymore. They've got, they've got like, Conjuring 18 happening or something. It's like, yeah. You know, you lose that you lose that little bit of flame or spark you had. Yeah, and 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 also too, like this is a little bit different because at least at least back in the day, the movie would come out and then you know a few months later or whatever, then there would be the the DVD release, so that would hype up stuff mm-hmm. a little bit more. But if Halloween Kills goes straight to theaters and goes straight to streaming at the same time, you're also not going to have that bump of it being available for rental for the first time because it's going to be available for rental as soon as it well, happens. So there might be exactly. double losing there. But, uh, well, I mean, if it's available for if it's available streaming right away, you might reach more audiences, right? Because they don't have to go out and rent the movie or anything like that. Well, yeah. If it if it was on a which again, HBO Max is probably doing it smart because they actually you have to pay a subscription service for them for their streaming platform yeah. to be able to watch all these movies. Like if something like that happened for something Halloween Kills to release on that you know a platform where you have to be a subscription monthly or whatever, 
It'd be that, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but then again, the VOD is not going to be that expensive. It's going to be like 18 bucks or something. I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. I think they'll probably do like yeah, 18, 20 dollars or something like that. They won't be mm. try to fucking butt rape you like Disney with Mulan. We want you to pay seven dollars a month for our streaming service, and then it was like like 26 or 30 bucks for Mulan to rent they charge, it on top. They charge that? Yeah, on top of the streaming service fees. Holy fuck! I thought it was free because HBO <laughs> Max has got that sweet, sexy Zack Snyder for free with the subscription. Yep. Yep. God damn, that's like old school Xbox Live behind a paywall, bitch. You can't play our multiplayer unless you pay that sixty dollars or that nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, dude. Like, exactly. I thought it was free. It's free on PSN. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, tiny bit more uh, news from this uh, from this the last piece of Halloween Kill stuff. Um, they obviously asked him, "Hey, could you share something from the script?" And he said, "No, fuck you." He said, "Unfortunately, I can't. They'll come kill me if I tell you anything." Uh, they asked him about streaming. Uh, nothing really there, but. Here's here's and you alluded to this earlier. They said, "Can you see the Halloween movies ending up being released in the same way as far as like to a streaming service or um, VOD?" And he mm. said, "And and carefully listen to you guys to his words here because it's being spun in a completely different way if you read the headlines." He says, "Sure. Halloween may be shared that way because theaters are dead. It's just the reality right now, and it's a tragedy, but it's true. We just have mm. to face it. The studio did contact David and I, and they told us, and, and they had us put off the new one by a year in the hope that things got better. So we're still hoping oh. it'll get better. The problem with that is that a bunch of sites are running with headlines like, John Carpenter says Halloween Kills is going straight to VOD. And he very that clearly... that got covered front page? <laughs> <laughs> he very clearly did not say that. He said, it like, in his best guess, he's like, yeah, I think it might go to VOD. He's not in control of that. He says it in this exact same uh, thing here. He says that they called him and told them they were putting it off by a year. You know? Yeah. So I, Well, you know, it's kind of like the same kind of conversation that we had with Chris Nelson back when we first had him on, like, last year. I mean, he was even in the same opinion then, and I agreed that most likely it was going to be streaming. Everything was going to be at some point on VOD or streaming. And I think that John Carpenter is just saying, you know, you got to get with the times, man. Like, that's just probably what's going to happen. That's just the way that it's evolved. And that's the end of the story. I mean, that's just the way it is. So here's a question for you. Do you think that so a year ago or almost a year ago when we were wondering, is this going to go to VOD or is it going to go to theaters? There was a huge audience saying uh, it better not go straight to VOD. It better not. It needs to be in theaters for everybody to see. Uh, do you think now that it's already been pushed back a year, if they come out, and in all likelihood is they're going to put it on VOD and theaters at the same time, I think. But if they come out and say it's on VD- VOD this time, do you think anybody's actually going to be pissed or they're going to be like, no, nah, man, it's been a year. Fuck it. Let's put this bitch I, on. I was fucking fine with it last year. Yeah. Like to have them release it in, in October on VOD. Like, and people were getting their panties in a bunch about it. Like, I was like, listen, we all get the fucking experience Halloween kills in October of 2020 where it was a shitty year anyway let's have some fucking good news in there and give us like this halloween movie they push it back a year again in the hopes that this all had got cleared up but it didn't happen i would be i don't think anybody like at this point like i think that people have started to realize like you know things ain't gonna go back exactly the way they were and things have changed to a degree now that studios the 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 the, the market it's all evolved to include vod and vod was always on the horizon it wasn't like it was some unknown monster that just came up and snatched your ten, uh, your testicles out of nowhere like this thing has been floating around for a while so i mean it's not like it, the, the writing was on the wall for a long time just like the, the you know blockbuster hollywood video all those movie stores knew that netflix was a rising entity you know all hulu all that shit they knew 
I mean, yeah. it was just a matter of time. Yeah, and I think they were holding on. They were, they were clutching their pearls for as long as they possibly could. I will say this, though. I, I feel differently this time about it going on VOD than I did a year or so ago because then theaters were closed, like, almost nationwide. Like, you couldn't go see a movie. Today, yeah. if I want to go, I can go see a movie in the theater, yeah. and they're giving you the option. Like, not having an option to go see it in the theater feels a lot different. I feel like, than... that, was, I feel like that was wrong. I feel, like, I feel like I understand why they did it. But if you give the people the opportunity to choose what they like to do and you release like you release it at the same time, you give the option for VOD or you give the option to the theater experience. I feel like that is, you know, the best you're going to get. That's the closest you're going to get to have your cake and eat it, too. Like, it's not going to be a full cake. It's going to be like a a, like a a little Debbie cake, but it's still going to be some kind of cake that you get to have. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's and it's going to be an IMAX. I, like by the way, I am not in support of of the death of theater like at all. Like I mean, it sucks, man. I like it seems like forever before I. I don't even remember the last movie I saw in the theater because it's been so long. But you know, you can't help but notice that it's a lot easier access anymore to get the thing on VOD. It's a lot safer anymore, uh, especially with you know you got you know nitwits running around saying fuck this mask shit and like not giving a fuck and like you can, the vaccine is slow and and slowly trickling out. It's not available for everyone yet. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's a smart move, and I feel yeah. like that's the right move. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I'm Mickey talking to fucking Rock. I feel like it's a smart move, Rock. It's the right <laughs> move. You're a tighter can. You got to retire. <laughs> Vinny with the super chat, that, that's just what we're about to talk about, man. He says, not sure if you heard, but John Carpenter talked about a possible sequel to The Fog. And that's what else he says here. Yep. The last little bit of this, he says, um, uh, he says, I like cheese. He said that they said Halloween spawned a number of sequels and Escape from New York got a sequel. Have there ever been any discussions about doing sequels to any of your other films? And he says, sure. There's been a lot of talk or there's been talk of a sequel to The Fog. There's been talk of sequels for a bunch of my movies. They just haven't happened yet because of various reasons. But, yeah, we've talked about them, talked about them, and I'm open to them. So uh, I'd be all right. You know what? I don't know. They did the fog remake and it, oh, it, that was bad, man. Yeah. Kind of. I did like Tom Welling, but that's just because I was a fan of Smallville Clark. But I, <laughs> I think that, it was, yeah, you know, the, the, the fog sequel, I could see it happen, but I almost feel like it's, like, I don't know. Like they were fucking pirates that came back for the goddamn treasure. And they used the fog as cover. Like, are you, did you, did one of you motherfuckers keep an heirloom that they have to come back and get it again? Why has it been so long? I, I feel like, you know what? One movie I would love to see the sequel to is, uh, I know it was a, they did the, the prequel to the thing. I would like for them to do like something like the thing part two, but do it right with John Carpenter on board as an advisor or something. Or yeah. Consultant. Which they've talked about. They have like the unearthed, uh, unearthed scripts about the thing. I think they said something like that was happening, yeah. but I haven't heard anything since or what Carpenter's involvement will be. Yeah. I mean, the fog is the fog. I, to me though, John Carpenter directing anything I'm fucking on. I'm like, yeah, give it to me. I'm fine with whatever it is. You know, it could be anything. Uh, as far as other people directing his films with him advising over them like he's done Halloween Kills, yeah, sure, there's The Fog. I mean, I don't think that's the worst thing, but I think the best part about The Fog wasn't actually the the, the Ghost Pirates. I think the best thing about The fo- Fog was John Carpenter's score, jo- the, yeah. the John Carpenter feel to the film, Tom Atkins really yeah. basically playing a different version of Dr. Chalice, you know, when he's sitting in the truck drinking. She's like, are you weird? He's like, yeah, I'm weird. 
<laughs> like he just shrugs his beer while he's driving. Uh, Did you ever notice that in the fog, the original fog, didn't they all look like they were getting right? Like when they came out of the fog and you could just see their silhouettes, did they look like Michael Jackson was about to break out Thriller? <laughs> <laughs> they were just creeping out of the dark. I was waiting on Vincent Price to be the narrator. <laughs> I, I would love to see tons of John Carpenter's shit, you know, get touched on again. And, and I know some of it he was pissed about. He was pissed about them trying to do Big Trouble in Little China. That, um, you know what? I don't think that movie should be touched. I really no. don't. I mean, it's one of those other movies we talked about last night. We, uh, which by the way, check it. We're going to have the commentary for the crow coming up pretty soon, uh, which is a big movie, but that's like one of those films. I think the big trouble in little China was so solidly put together. It was a great cast. It was just it, 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 like, it caught its moment in time perfectly. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could really recast that movie with any success. I'm not saying that you couldn't get like the rock to be Jack Burton and yeah. not pull off a decently good story, but not, it's never going to be the same level that the original one yeah. was. And dude, I like the rock. Like, I think he's a great dude. Yeah. I have no problem with him at all, but he, as far as acting goes, He's a fine actor, but he's no Kurt fucking Russell, dude. He's just no. not. And that's not a shot. To, there's a lot of actors that aren't Kurt fucking Russell, you know? And he no. did say in that, he was like, I would love to work with Kurt Russell again. He said, I'd like to work with Amy Adams. Uh, he, he was a fan of her, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, you could tell that he's thought a lot about directing, but he, yeah. COVID's basically just been like, oh, I don't even have to worry about it because that shit ain't happening anytime soon. Well, I, I, JT Cousins says, I want a, a sequel of, uh, from Escape from L.A. That, they actually had talked about that. Kurt Russell had mentioned, along with John Carpenter, that they would he would love to come back to Snake Plissken and do something, one maybe one more movie with... I would, it would be fucking phenomenal to get an old-ass Snake Plissken, have one more adventure. I, I know he'd have to die. I mean, that's just what you got to do at that mm -hmm. point. But, I mean, it would be a great story. There was also, the uh, in Escape from L.A., they mentioned Cleveland which was, uh, didn't, we never got a movie. You got Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., but he mentioned Cleveland before L.A., so I was like, you could get a prequel in there if you wanted to and cast young, like, Jack Burton or, or, or youngish Snake Plissken to play that part. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot you could do with that, but it would to have Kurt Russell back at Snake Plissken one more fucking time, give me that, yes. I want that on a platter with some A1 sauce. <laughs> it's just weird because, like, Kurt Russell, I mean, obviously he's not in the same physical condition. He's not bad or anything. I don't know if he it could pull make, off Snake Plissken, though. though. Like, I think it'd be funny because you have an older Snake Plissken that maybe true. has retired after L.A. and then he has to get pulled back in it one more time. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I just think it would work. Yeah, if you could make it work, dude, I'd be a hundred percent in on it. I think that's one. I think Escape from L.A. is a weird movie, dude, because it had it had the fixins inside of it of another great movie, and I lo I love the movie, but it's got some really corny bad shit in it, right? I feel like I that's the kind of movie you remake if you're going to remake something, like as long as it's John Carpenter doing it, and you got a fucking amazing snake plissken type dude to do it you update the yeah. graphics it, it, that that's a movie that has the bones of something great and it just didn't didn't fold out into the platter i i it had some good it had like i don't know i enjoyed it because i liked the cheesiness corniness of it but did it yeah. stack up as well as new york no because i mean yeah donald pleasant's playing the fucking president for one thing was it this that exactly the same story as new york pretty much yeah the, the president's daughter has been captured you got to go over the wall into la which is now a prison colony and rescue her I mean, it's got the same kind of plot, but it, I just, I, I think Kurt Russell is so fucking cool, and I liked him as Snake Plissken. I want to see more of that. Yeah. Just give me more of that. And plus, Bruce Campbell was hilarious as the Surgeon General, yeah. or whatever he was. And he was like, what a beautiful blue eye. <laughs> Damn, you only got one. Nurse? I think the main problem with that movie is the, the graphics were fucking, like, CW had better graphics back then. Like, the channel, the CW, yeah, like, Kurt they were awful. That, yeah, I don't know who talked John Carpenter into using that awful fucking Power Rangers samurai sword shit 
on the on the boat going the boat in was the worst. <laughs> that i was like is this like this that looked like a fucking beta version of playstation 2 like you know, when they were testing it but yeah. i mean it, john carpenter is more effective and in my opinion in like practical effects like look at the thing man like the way they made those shots happen holy yeah. shit yeah for sure yeah, dude. it is what it is daniel flores says michael myers is dead stop making these movies no no michael myers is dead every time <laughs> You just trick yourself stupid, Mom. Going to Yosemite. Going. Edward Santiago says these sequels to The Thing should be called Another Thing, The Other Thing, and The Final One. Look at this thing. That's, you know, I, I, every, everything that like you just said, it sounded like a, a goddamn Ultimate Warrior promo for a WWF match in the early 90s. <laughs> I was One more thing, another thing, and things from the earth. Rise up and the warrior, the warrior, little warriors know that only Ultimate can save them. I always think of... Uh, 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 what's the fuck? Tropic Thunder, Tug Speedman, and it's like Scorcher, again, again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so fucking spot on. I don't know what you honestly. That's a good question. Like what you would call the thing part two? Like I, that's actually what I would call the thing part two. I mean, because when they did the 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 yeah. prequel to it, just called the thing. I would just call it the thing part two. Like I don't know. You got it. Like again, it doesn't work if you don't get John Carpenter involved. Like it just doesn't work. That's why that prequel was such asshole. Yeah. Like it was just a terrible movie. And they even had Joel Edgerton, who's a badass actor, just did yeah. not do it. You can't do a movie that's and I can't remember if they exactly did this, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember it being CGI. You can't do a movie that's that's lauded and known for its practical effects and then remake it and go, We're gonna use CGI. <laughs> like Man. you can't do it. There were some moments in that prequel because I was on this thing kick for a little bit, but I, there were some moments in that prequel that were pretty freaky, like the upside down head girl or whatever. That was pretty good. I mean, even with the special effects, that was pretty awesome. But I mean, overall, it was just a, it was just a, I mean, it just didn't have the same magic that the, the the original one had, like at all. Like it just didn't have the same kind of charisma that the other movie carried with it. I mean, because that movie was just fucking stacked full of intrigue and mystery, and it had great like the casting was way better too like from top to bottom was better yeah movies then they just aren't they aren't paced that way anymore and that's another thing when you talk about remaking john carpenter's movies with the jack burton's and the snake pliskins and stuff like that i think they ran into the same problem when they tried to uh do the expendables three and they try to pass it on to a new generation like there's not really a generation to pass it on to i'm not trying to shit on today's actors or anything like that but who out there is a jean-claude van damme who out there uh, is 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 an arnold schwarzenegger who out there is a kurt russell like there's people sure but they're few and far between like there's i, I, I want to go with the rock for all of the above I, thank you I, that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's, the only one, that's the only one i can think of and it's 100%. not the same he's like a mickey mouse version of those dudes like don't get me I wrong say, i could give two i could give the rock and i'll give it for uh chris hemsworth but those are the only two and i don't even know well chris hemsworth can pull it off but that's about it maybe uh, I, 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 i'm not i don't think that he couldn't it's just but it doesn't it, am i wrong it, it still doesn't feel the same no. like you put chris hemsworth in there it's still not kurt fucking russell like everybody's too nice now i feel like you know like i need yep. an actor who's going to be smoking cigarettes in the trailer and like literally is jean claude van damme everybody's <laughs> too sensitive nowadays for the kind of actors that we grew up with i think that's the reality of it is and then like those guys were like there was something about that generation for me anyway like they were very charismatic kind of dudes like they were they just were able to carry this like herculean type of body and personality and then also have charm on top of it you can't yeah. get all that, that those essentials anymore by the way vinny c by the way vinny c is in here he says you should call the sequel things, things. or the thing <laughs> like things uh, it's like, so there are multiple different ones i was like that actually makes sense make the plural so you make the s line like, yeah that makes sense these things <laughs> that'd be the third one these things troy grope says love the channel guys you guys are awesome thanks buddy appreciate that man um 
Andrew Wolf says, John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars was supposed to be an Escape from L.A. sequel. I did not know that. In fact, if you look, Ice Cube is wearing the same clothes Snake wears in L.A. Oh. Did you know that? Was he? I didn't know it was supposed to be a sequel. I didn't get the, I didn't. I think originally, yeah, I maybe. I, I think that, yeah, Ghost of Mars is actually an underrated fucking movie. If you guys get a chance to check that out, if you never watched it, you need to watch that movie. It's actually, it's corny in a lot of ways that we were mentioning about, like, Escape from L.A., but it's got a good vibe to it. Like, it's got a really good charm to it. It's it's a it's a great action flick on top of a sci-fi kind of horror movie. It's good, man. Like, trust me. And Ice Cube is, like, not, like, you would think immediately, like, oh, starring Ice Cube, it's going to be some kind of dog shit, especially when it's a sci-fi movie. It's fucking good. Yeah. In response to us saying if anybody was uh, was replaceable for the old school action stars, got some some ideas from the chat. Uh, Ryder says Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy is mentioned quite a bit. I, you know what, Tom Hardy, he's in there all the time, man. And Tom Hardy would beat the shit out of both of us. So I would say, yeah, he's a he's a fucking. <laughs> I, he's I, a, I, as much shit as I give, because you guys know I've had like several rants on here where it's like anytime you'd be like, hey, who's gonna play fucking Chris Kringle? Who's gonna play a dog? Who's gonna play fucking Michael Jordan? Everybody's like Tom Hardy, dude. It's gotta be Tom Hardy. Every fucking casting that comes out, everybody's like, man, it's gotta be fucking Tom Hardy. And I just don't see it. I like Tom Hardy, but he's not the fucking greatest actor of all time. He's not a goddamn amoeba of acting. That being said. I actually think that's true. Tom Hardy does kind of have that. He's one of the few that does kind of. He could do a Snake Plissken, I think. Going against I think Tom own. Hardy could pull off a lot of the actions. Yeah, I, I give it to Tom Hardy, too. I, I, I totally forgot. Well, here's the thing. Like, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, the actors of today just kind of blend together in a way that they didn't used to. <clears throat> like, they were, like, back, back when I was growing up and we were, like, in the early 90s, late 80s, you had standout performances or, like, like standout over-the-top, larger-than-life action heroes and you could pick them out of a lineup you know what i'm saying like yeah. it feels like everybody nowadays it's just like one blended vanilla cream with no goddamn sprinkles yeah like, i don't I, I get nothing but bland yogurt bitch like give me some <laughs> that vanilla ice cream hard body sprinkles. 217 said scott atkins and no disrespect to scott atkins but he's never been given a big role you know what i mean like he's never had a chance to and maybe he has it and they're just not giving it to him but when i think when people think of old school action stars that are around today i think a lot of people's mind goes to scott atkins i totally get that you know, back in the day, I would have picked, and I guess now he's considered an old school action star, which is really hard for me to wrap my mind around. But uh, the dude that played in Crank, Jason Statham, Jason Statham. But I think that Jason Statham is considered amongst. I mean, he was in The Expendables, and The Expendables was pretty much a grumpy old man for action stars. Yeah. So I mean, it, it kind of like he was thrown into that mix. And he has his moments too. I don't not like him. Like I, I like Crank a lot. Uh, I, I watch his movies, and I think he's he's. Not in any way, not a serviceable actor, but at the same time, he kind of bores me. Do you get that same sense from him? Does he sort yeah, of bore you? Know, you know what it is? He just doesn't take me on the adventure that I want to be taken on. Like He's Stallone, too chill. Would take me on, yeah, Stallone would take me on that adventure, and I'd be like, "I'll ride your cochlear." <laughs> but but <laughs> yeah, but Statham is like, it's not like it's not bad. It's not. He's not bad, but it's like, oh yeah, Jason Statham. You're like, yeah. You know, but if you're like, oh, Stallone's gonna be in it too, you're like, fuck yeah. But Jason yeah. Statham got invited. You know, it's like he's gonna be—he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy to hang out with at the party, but uh, that guy fucking drinks Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and you know what? It's maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's just the way they make movies today. Maybe if you put a Jason Statham in a John Carpenter style film, he could have that fucking extra gruff to him that he needs. Um, another one. Um, oh fuck! I just had it and I lost it. God damn it! Shit, fuck. Um, I forgot what's gonna say. <laughs> you look like you got that about a, a magic shit. trick that you couldn't pull off. Hey, Colin Farrell can get down. Like he Colin can, Farrell, he's an underrated actor, dude. Like nobody, nobody talks about Colin Farrell anymore. He has like a certain just, cool factor to him, you know. I don't know about the action side of him. He's almost like smooth. Like he, he really pulls off. I could see him as being a really smooth, like um, 
James Bond villain, like a really good, like like you know how they did the 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 006 or whatever that went rogue in yeah. Goldeneye, and they had Sean Bean do it. I could see him doing something like that. I could see him doing something like that too. London Boulevard. If you guys are aching for a gangster movie to watch that you've never heard of, that's pretty fucking badass. Uh, look up London Boulevard. Uh, he was really good in that. Uh, J- Edward says Jason Momoa. Yeah, again, the body type is there. the The whole thing is there. the The physical presence is there. Um, well, and then I'm also seeing Jenny, uh, JT Custom says Henry Cavill. I mean, again, it, it's the same thing that Mike, like the body. I don't know. Henry Cavill can pull off some shit yeah, though. I mean, he Mission Impossible, to, Mission Impossible, and that fight sequence. Woo wee! Yeah. But the the problem is, I don't. It's pretty good. Oh, fuck, man, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. But okay, there's four of them. Okay, you caught us. You caught us with four. <laughs> but like, it's but there will not be a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds too. I think Ryan Reynolds could play that because he he has a Kurt Russellness inside of him where he can he can be physical but he can also be funny. He's almost he be but he's almost too pretty though. Kurt Russell wasn't pretty like he wasn't like he didn't have a very like he was a handsome man but he was a handsome man like yeah. he looked like he fucking wore like Stetson like Ryan Reynolds <laughs> was like a, a fucking cover boy for like Playgirl or at something. the same time like I mean Deadpool I think is kind of the closest thing you would get to an old school John Carpenter style. It's not John Carpenterish at all. Don't get me wrong, but ballsy. You know what I mean? Like ballsy with like pushing the humor, pushing the stuff. And he well, was fugly shitting out. Hugh Jackman. I mean, but I mean, if you really it. it's hard it's hard to say though, because Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for such a long time. It's hard to really did he do I mean I know he did prisoners. I mean it was great, but it really wasn't it was a good uh criminal psychology thriller, right? Yeah. But it wasn't like a full over the top action movie. Wolverine were all action, but they were comic book you know, it's really hard. Like I don't know, like other than the the Wolverine portrayal, did he do any like standalone action films dude gerard butler did great he in, did a, in a lot of fucking action movies he did a good job in there so yeah and more and more we talk about this i'm thinking maybe i'm a little I'm, i was thinking more like really young dudes like really up and coming young dudes but like there's actually a lot of people in there that you could place in a in a 90s badass action movie um and that could actually pull it off somebody said chris pratt that's a pretty Damn good it. one yeah, dude. Jesus, we're fucking stupid. We wear a dunce cap for a week. Dude, I can't believe I disrespected that man. Nick Antelli says Carl Urban. I mean, what the fuck is wrong He'd with us? He'd be perfect. He'd be perfect. What is wrong with us? Yeah. But they are older. They are older. Like, in our defense, these are already men that are aged beautifully, but they're in their 40s, Like except for Cavill and Momoa, but they're in their 40s, some of these guys. So yeah. Josh they're Brolin. already on the back nine. Josh Brolin says Shia. That's a good one, too. Uh, some people said Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is not going to be doing anything for a long while, I feel like. <laughs> I believe, you know, I, I hear about this newcomer uh, coming from the uh, out of left field. It's insane. He, w- he was a carpenter, and then he got hired by George Lucas himself. Harrison Ford might make hey. a little hey. noise out there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also room for the everyman to come up, uh, a Bruce Willis type, you know, that's just got that. Fucking... I haven't seen one yet, though. <laughs> that's true, that's, sir. That's the, that, like, it, like, like all these guys that you guys are mentioning are great. They're perfect they're really good awesome action stars but i have not to like yet from my in my opinion i'm not seeing an everyday dude has normal looks medium normal build whatever not exactly ugly but not exactly good looking just in the middle handsome-ish if you kind of look in a squint but he's got the the badass essentials to carry the movie like yeah. a kurt russell and i haven't seen it i haven't seen it in a long time that's like, tough so I'm, I think I think what we've learned here today, though, that's maybe it's not the actors. Maybe it's more it's more the movies that they're making to these days. They just don't make yeah, them that way. Really yeah. you well, know? and again, it's probably because a lot of the movies that came out in the '90s and, and late '80s and things like even the '80s, just different time, uh, different political uh, climate, 
and they couldn't get away with doing certain things that they did back then. I'm not saying that they should repeat them, but I'm saying there's some things about it. I'm like, all right, you know, if it's fine to show a couple of bullets and and a guy being like, I'm a fucking dude and I like Hungry Man. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like Johnny like, no and uh, Cobra Kai, right? Johnny and Johnny Cobra Kai? That's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kool-Aid Unleashed says, I love your name, dude. That's awesome. He says, do you think we'll get a Bruce Campbell cameo in Doctor Strange 2? That'd be yes. fucking awesome. It's Sam Raimi, after I, all. Yeah, I, I 100% think it. Yeah, if Sam Raimi's involved, I think that Bruce can't. That's the cool thing about Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi's relationship is that no matter what he does, he's always going to try to fucking put Bruce Campbell in any movie that he can. Yeah. And that's all. I mean, I really do think that new Bruce Campbell is one of those dudes, man. He could have been like, you look at that guy and you see him in Evil Dead 2 and you're like, Jesus Christ, this dude is going to be like fucking phenomenal. He's going to be up there with the, the Stallones and Arnie and all those guys. And he just... For whatever reason, it just didn't happen. Like, I don't yeah. know why. I agree with that a lot. He had a good look. Yeah, I he really... Just, I he should have, man. You're absolutely fucking right. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope to see him in there, too, for sure. Um, Jeff Harris says, off topic, but did you guys hear about the new Batman rumor about Pattinson and Zoe? That is one of the news topics we're going to talk about today because it's fucking hilarious. Um, after this rumor, I think we should put the set rumors to rest, LOL. Exactly what I said, Jeff. Might what as well, happened? We'll, might as well go into it right now. This is just fucking hilarious. Um, real quick, uh, just to catch up the Super Chats before we go into the Batman news. Dirk Jason Hall says, we got 300 in here. Mash that DM like button. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I was confused with the space and then the end. Yeah, almost 300 people in here. You got you to gotta put your finger in the like button's asshole. That's what mm-hmm. we say here. We don't say smash because that just makes me want to rip off my own face when people say that on you. Smash that like button. I'm going to fucking throw myself out of a goddamn yeah, five-story it, window. It's pretty cringe 5,000. I think you're using the game genie to make it even worse when you say smash that like button. Yeah. <laughs> and they always do stupid smile. They're like, smash that like button. Bah! It's like that was having itch, like 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 smash that like button. Ow! Why? My five year old's obsessed with YouTube, dude. And the way that I I like be listening to it, the way that they get them to do shit is hilarious. They're like, I'm gonna count to five, and the first two hundred people to subscribe win. One, two, three, four, five. You're all winners. You know what? (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. That's that's almost a genius tactic because I can't I can't take it when someone gives me a countdown. I get all nervous titties. I don't want to like. It's like in in a, in a Mario Brothers stage when you hear that music goes bump 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 and it starts going faster. You're like, holy shit! And you're it, it's just a game though, but you feel like your life is going to end if you don't get to the end of the level. Yeah, it's kind like, of genius. Yo. The kids like they rush to subscribe. They're like, I did it! I did it! I did it! YouTuber, what do I get? And they're like, fucking nothing. I get a new houseboat in Maui. You know, let's move on Fuck. to the next stupid that's, video. That's what I like. Here's That's a prank like. video. Oh, my God, my wife is pregnant. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyways. I like cheese. <laughs> and I like to eat cheese. Provolone. Oh, it's good. Provolone is good, though. I like to eat it. Sharp cheddar's all right. Provolone is the best. I like taco mix. <laughs> I bet you do. Right <laughs> your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this news is fucking hilarious. On to the Batman stuff. Um, let me make this bigger. <laughs> This I don't know where. The, let me just preface this, guys. Was saying I don't know where the fuck this came from. Somebody tweeted it to me. It was it was kind of trending on the internet for a little bit. Uh, this random post. I don't know if it's Reddit or where, but this person claims to be working on the set of the Batman. Let me just read it to you as it said. I'm working on the set of the Batman. So in about a week or so, all media will go after him for what he and Zoe did on the set of the Batman last week. We, me and a lot of co-workers with Matt Reeves, caught Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz having sex on the Batmobile prop. It's probably one of the worst things I've ever saw in my career now. Matt was so furious he interrupted them. And that's not all. 
Zoe took a pregnancy test, and she is pregnant. And everyone believes it's Pattinson's. Since October, Robert and Zoe started dating in secret. We knew about it as we saw them together after work. She recently divorced her husband, though. I'm purely disgusted by their act, both her and Pattinson. All I know is that Reeves is so furious he might not do the Batman 2 and 3 as he planned and let someone else direct. He literally told Pattinson, You are the most entitled, narcissistic actor I've ever worked with. You go back to work. We finish filming in March, and then we are done. I don't ever want to work with you after this film. He even said he refuses to do reshoots if they will be needed. I don't know what they're going to do now, but they try to keep this situation on leash before media will make it official. Hey, man, I'll, like two things about this whole this whole rant by this obviously Californian Southern boy. <laughs> California boy. Because that's like exactly, he's not like a surfer that just got done with the high waves, bro. That's what I was going like, for. Thank you. Uh, it sounds like one. I wonder if Robert Pattinson said, I wonder if I am the father tonight. That's one. I bet he did sing that song to her. And number two, uh, as this person that wrote this article, have they ever seen a cock or a pair of boobies in their life or even experienced the great joys of sex? Because it sounds like a straight virgin from a fucking chapel that just got released into the world and realizes that boys and girls like to lie on top of each other sometimes. So, Jesus Christo, what a fucking pile of shit. That's a huge pile of shit, Jim. And I'm ready for the weather. Like, that's awful and stupid. <laughs> this shit's fucking hilarious, dude. I laughed so hard when I first read that. And number there's two things. Number one, I think we could put all I think this is the pit like this is the we've reached the top of the mountain and it is good. This makes me think that everything we've heard about Pattinson being a bitch on the set of Batman is all tr not true. I think somebody either on set or just in general or maybe in the media has an axe to grind, or yeah. maybe he, you know, maybe their Zoe Kravitz's ex boyfriend or whatever, but Dude, like I, that, that number one, that has to be fucking fake. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. And it, it obviously is, dude. It sounds like it reads straight from the fucking uh, the hot sheets <laughs> tabloids. Uh, we got like, discovered. It, 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 like that's the kind of person that would be like this one time. Let me just tell you how bad Robert Pattinson was. I was in Starbucks and this motherfucker cropped up at me. He cropped up at me and I had to go to therapy for two years because Robert Pattinson cropped up at me on its way to get coffee. <laughs> Jesus, why do we hire these people? Like, that's the kind of fucking bullshit that is. And, I like, and if that was real, which is obviously a fake bullshit, I don't know what the guy was doing to get internet cloud or if he was like, I, I don't know. But it's the fact that any company like ran with it as an actual fact. Like, no, they, I would love they didn't. It was just going around on Twitter. Oh, just, Oh, they were just okay. Good. Yeah. I was gonna say if a company like I, I would imagine this. We got this cover would like have a front <laughs> story about how Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz scarred a young, uh, you know, camera grip on the set of the Batman. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just it's so stupid, dude. Like that is just like it, it feels like one of those like dares that someone said like, hey, I got an idea. Go on Twitter and act like a complete twat and see if people retweet it. Okay, I'll do that. And he did it. What's <laughs> even worse is imagining if, if, if that scene did happen. So, like, imagine if it did happen. Imagine if, if Pattinson and, and Kravitz are dating and they, they were fucking banging on the bathroom floor. It wasn't me. <laughs> banging on the Batmobile. It wasn't me. <laughs> Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Cheetos. <laughs> but like if they were fucking uh if they if they were fucking on the Batmobile, imagine actually being upset about that. I'd be like, dude, 
high five zoe high five that's awesome good for you guys yeah. this guy's like i'm disgusted by his behavior like is yeah. he, he really does like i imagine him, that's why i read it that way i imagine him being like a southern california guy and he's like but that's not all that happened dude later on i went to pizza hut and there was a pube on my roni there was a <laughs> pube on my pepperoni dude <laughs> regardless that it was my own pube <laughs> <laughs> there's a pube on this roni can it you explain on the rona on the saw on the saw <laughs> Yeah, dude. I I don't know. Like that. First off, I swear to God, and I know this is like telling, like it's kind of telling uh, tales out of school a little bit, but it's not really because we're all friends here. But I swear, if Mike and I were in fucking like on the set and we walked in and that shit really happened, <laughs> like we would back out real slow, but we would kind of like linger on it for a minute, like that sex scene, and they'd be like, "Dude, we saw their fucking tits." Dude. <laughs> I saw, saw Zoe, Pattinson's balls. We saw we saw balls and we saw Zoe Kravitz. We saw our boobies, dude. I saw his taint. I saw his bat like, cave taint. Hey, fucking like high five and then go have a beer the jack off in separate rooms and then talk about it <laughs> i wouldn't go to twitter and post about it yeah yeah I, I, it's so stupid it makes me really think that the weight rumors like everything was just a lie well i don't know like well the 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 rumors about the i know that there was that story we got called out on that like i don't know which london paper talked about it that he was faking the COVID thing and there was all this yeah I don't know. Which we yeah, didn't call it. We said before, we're like, this comes from this website. Believe it if you want to. That's what they said. You know? Well, the comments were like, you guys really need to check the facts, though. Because obviously, like, the London paper is no different than we got this cover. I'm like, I'm not. I, I don't know. live in London, bro. We, we, said we're not, we said it was probably not true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, but people pick and choose what they want to hear as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, yeah it, like, it is what it is, man. But, you know, I'm glad. Like, that's a little bit of humor for us going forward. Because, like, that's complete... <laughs> Like if if like uh, Vinny C sent a, a a gif earlier and was like that is one big pile of shit. Like it's jo- it's it's literally uh, in Jurassic Park when he walks up on the pile yeah. of shit. <laughs> that's what Twitter is anyway. And he's like taking like that's a big pile of shit. It's even funnier when you mash it with the other rumors because the rumor before was that Patton that Reeves was so scared of COVID that he was wearing a giant puffer coat on set and giant goggles. <laughs> you imagine him walking out in his goggles? He'd be like, I'm wearing a fucking goddamn six Dude. North Face jackets. I'm sweating my balls off in here. I can't even see anything while I'm trying to direct this film. And you're spreading your butt juice all over the goddamn Batmobile while you guys. It smells like sex in here. Fuck! If I saw Robert Pattinson walking out with a diaper jacket on, no less than six layers of diaper jackets and glasses, I'd be like, "Baby, no more crying." <laughs> I get so excited. I was like, "You bringing that back, dog?" 1995, 1997, hip hop. I like it. Like I wouldn't have thought. Like he's trying to protect himself from the COVID. <laughs> Look at it, insane, man. It's a wild story. Back to the other conversation we have. Con- Connor Clary said Jason Statham needs to write director like Snatch. He was so charismatic thanks to the great writing and directing from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, and, and yeah, Statham can be charismatic. And I thought in Crank, where he had to be like fucking revved up the entire movie, I thought that was yeah. his best role because he just kind of puts me to sleep as much as I do like the guy. Jason Statham is a cool dude, man. I, I like. <laughs> He's like a kind of guy that you definitely want to go have a brewski with, but you don't know if you really want to go play pickup basketball with him. Yeah, you accidentally like, offend him. Yeah, I don't, it's like yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't. I just like I don't know, man. You're you kind of rubbed me the wrong way there, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I had a good beer with you, but it, like I don't know. You, you came off weird. Yeah, all of a sudden he's like, "What did you just say? Did you say like, I, Chipotle?" I was like, "You gotta get that dipper checked up, bro." I didn't say shit. I just asked if you wanted fucking buffalo dipping sauce for your nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Gypsy Warrior says, "I see Pattinson stunt double caught COVID." Uh, well, 
That's not that's not that's, that's why, not that's that's why he's a stunt double. That's why he's a stunt double. He caught it for Robert. <laughs> he went out there and got it for his house. He had to do that. He has to take the risks that Robert won't take. <laughs> I'm gonna lick this toilet seat. <laughs> Go on, do it, do it. Connor Clary says Robert Pat takes his uh method acting serious and saw Batman always had sexual tension with Batwoman, so he just had to get it out of the way. Hey, that's fair. You know, mm. it's two consensual adults, you're gonna fuck, and there's a Batmobile. So like, I mean, who wouldn't have fucked on the Batmobile if you got the opportunity to fuck on the Batmobile hey, or man, in the Batmobile? Don't forget the classic Chris O'Donnell from Batman Forever. Just go on a little ride for my love machine, baby. That's how fucking <laughs> Robert Pattinson feel if he feel if he's riding the Batmobile around. Like, hey, Zoe, you want to you want to drive my clutch? <laughs> <laughs> if it was me, like, I yeah. you caught me me just fucking the Batmobile like no Catwoman even necessary. Like you just walk in and you see it and you're like, I want to. I'm gonna put my dick somewhere in around or on this. You'd have fucking caught me like fucking Miss Lippy, <laughs> that one that serves the craft tables. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, hey, guys, here's the deal. <laughs> Don't be fucking on the Batmobile anymore, okay? We're trying to do a serious production here. Uh, we'll take a quick pee pee break. We'll be right yeah. back. Uh, the second half, the second hour of the show, we've got more fun movie news. We're going to talk about the Snyder Cut trailer uh, that came out. All that good mm-hmm. shit. Fun times at Richmond High, and then in hour three at 10 p.m. Eastern. Don't go anywhere because we've got the director of Wrong Turn himself, Mike P. Nelson, on the show to talk talk shit with us. So mm-hmm. we're excited. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I'm excited. Nightmare Man said we missed his other super chat. Let me see if I can catch it real quick before we go. By the way, when I saw, I swear to God, I saw, I was like, oh, at 10 p.m., we've got Mike P. Nelson. I'm like, what the fuck? That must be a, a, a printing error. <laughs> There's no way at 10 p.m. We're going to fill up two hours of shit. <laughs> We're lucky enough to get through one hour with these nice people hanging around. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, the Nightmare Man said action heroes don't exist anymore. What happened? That's what we were talking about, man. It seems yeah. like they don't, but the, the you guys actually kind of proved us wrong on that. You, you mentioned yeah, a lot of people. I'm like, five or six, yeah. I would actually like to see that guy in, in an action movie. So uh, I don't, I don't like the court will not move to strike it from the record, but the court does not recognize you. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back with the Snyder Cut talking, talking, lots of other good shit. I'm gonna show my asshole to everybody on live Tell television. It. it better be fucking waxed. I spread my butt cheek as my concho. Bleach it. Yeah, let me see it. <laughs> Did you smell it? <laughs> I had a sister named Judith. She had sex with this kid. It all ended awkwardly quick. You know, I stabbed her in the tits. I know it probably wasn't cool of me, but I just went crazy. You see.
girl named Lori Her friends all said she was boring It all happened awkwardly quick You know, I murdered all those kids Step one, choke you in the car Step two, pinbop to the door Step three, dress up like a ghost Step four, strangle Linda with the phone Got me shot six times Step seven Now who's the bad guy? Step eight Jim. Yeah, apparently we're in the bullseye. I never miss uh, <laughs> a section of the storm. The suck zone. The suck zone. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we keep power. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. If, if poor Mike Nelson gets on or and he's like, anyway, yeah, my favorite. <laughs> God, that would suck so much, man. Uh, but yeah. So thank you for allowing us a break to relieve our bladders in toilet. Mm-hmm. And toiletries nations uh we're finally going to talk about the snyder cut trailer that came out let me make sure we didn't yep. miss any super chats here uh we did not which is nice very good hey i see uh i uh, see we got michael trapson got the merkins in here Woo-wee. what's up good looking sons of bitches what you all fuckers doing huh <laughs> <laughs> uh so Okay, I don't have an actual clip for that. So the Snyder Cut trailer. I know a lot of people want us to do a reaction to it, but we knew that we weren't going to be filming because of everything going on uh, for a few days. So we didn't get to do a trailer reaction to it. So we're going to talk about it now. Um, it was fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. Look, you know, it's so like it like I get really like protective over it. Uh, I was talking to Cody, my brother, the other day, and he was like, dude, you've seen it. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. So we watched it together. And he's like, dude, I don't like the fact that people like that aren't in the know. They're like, dude, it's the same. Why would I? Why do I give a shit? It's the same movie. It's totally not the same movie. I watched that trailer and I'm like, what the hell is this magical treasure from fucking Coney Island? I like this. Like, dude, it, like the black suit, the fucking red angry eyes. Can we get an amen for Dark Side being in it along with the redesigned fucking Steppenwolf? Can we say? Thank God for Zack Snyder's version of this. It is a completely different movie than what Joss. I don't. I'm not Zack Snyder, and I'm going to make my own movie. Whedon did. So, <laughs> like, this is like when you go from like playing with Legos and you fucking pick up some goddamn Robo blocks, <laughs> like <laughs> on a video game. <laughs> like, like I, I like it's just not the same. But it, but it's so much better. Like it's just so much more interactive, dude. And, and you can tell that this is made from Zack Snyder as a fan of the DC lore and the 
and the characters that he's portraying versus a guy that got hired to do a job and finish another guy's work. Yeah, it's just it's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, man, I, I I fucking loved it. I and I do see like when I watched the trailer, I do see shots that were in the other movie too. Uh, but for for people to say uh, that it's the same movie, it's literally it's a fact that it's not based purely on running time alone. Like the first movie was like, I don't know, two hours, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, yeah. That's not the exact number. And this is going to be four hours long by just that stat alone. This movie is four hours fucking longer. That's number mm-hmm. one. And that, that one just puts that baby to bed right now. It puts that stupid ass baby to bed. It does. It's dumb. Suck on your thumb. Yeah. Suck on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's the, I was thinking of that manager from uh, employee of the month. Where they're like, maybe we should do this. He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but A, that, that puts that to bed immediately. And B, Zack Snyder himself has said that he's not using an ounce of anything that Josh Whedon shot. Uh, when Josh Whedon came in, they did a bunch of new shit. They, they changed the movie entirely. And they didn't use yep. a bunch of shit that Snyder had filmed. Plus the extra two hours. Now, uh, there was a story that came out. And if you're wondering, oh, well, they didn't reshoot anything. They didn't. They reshot, and they came out, and they said, we we literally only reshot one scene. And I'm imagining yeah. that has to be the Joker scene, which is at the end of the trailer when you're in the nightmare sequence. Beautiful. And Joker turns around, and he says, we live in a society, which I know people freaked out about. I don't get the whole thing about the we live in a society thing. It's like a meme I, thing. I, I, somebody actually explained it on the internet. I'm like, yeah, I don't have enough time to, to read that. I'm playing uh, JRPGs right now, so <laughs> just looking for walkthroughs. So – yeah, yeah, there it, it has some significance. I th- I don't know what it is. I I don't fucking know, but it's cool. I mean, he looked badass. Like Jared Leto yeah. looked like the Joker that we should have got in Suicide Squad. And his voice was really good too. When he said Batman, yeah. is like Batman, <laughs> Batman. Hey man, I, I'll tell you what. It's it's got to be. It's got to be bittersweet for Jared Leto, because yeah. it's like man, like I'm really like I'm getting such fan appreciation for my portrayal of Joker now with this trailer. And like they get to see me in like the full version of the Joker that I had in my mind when I got when I was cast, but it's only because Zack Snyder got to come back and, and make his movie and it's his last one. Apparently, I don't know. It's got to be bittersweet though. Like I like it's fucking awesome. And I you know I hope that I hope what they do is like they scrub that shit off his fucking face like that those goddamn crayon tattoos and like get back to this. Yeah, and, and- in the Suicide Squad too. It's weird because like the tattoos on the face, we always hated him. The, the second they showed him, like hide, like it, like the Joker would never get damaged tattooed across his forehead. That just seems like that's way too on the nose for Joker to ever do. To be fair, um, David Ayer just that's his style. Like that's that's his style. Like I mean that's that's what he does. He does that stuff with his characters. Like if you watch Into Watch, like uh, a lot of gangster stuff, a lot of that stuff. That's his style, and that's fine. Uh, not not my, we didn't like that Joker. We didn't like that version of Joker. Um, but Jared Leto was going with the direction that he was given. Now uh, I saw somebody ask where the tattoos go. Well, this is he, his only scene. I think in the movie is going to be during the nightmare sequence, yeah. which is a completely different version of it. So, like whether it's in the past, the future, however that shit goes, that's why he doesn't have the, the tattoos, and he looks he looks yeah, totally it's like an alternate reality from what we got. Like, so if the flashpoint thing, which I'm sure will explain the nightmare sequence anyway, like it'll be a possibility of that never happened. That's I think it's so fucking cool, man. There's so many mind twisting type of adventures that are getting ready to happen with the dc universe i can't fucking wait the thing and the thing about jared leto is uh we just reviewed that movie with uh the little things and he was great in it yeah. like he was the guy that stole the movie and, and and exactly the way that he portrayed that slimy scuzzy fucking skank guy 
was exactly what I thought they were going to go with and when he was the Joker. And I'm like, you know what? He may not have been stacked up with Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger as the best Joker of all time, but he would have been unique and stood out on his own. And it sucks, man, that we got more of a cartoony version of him that like is in love with Harley Quinn and he's like this gangsta boys for life shit. I'm like, you know what? I'm just not down with that. It just doesn't work for Joker. If you're going to make a separate movie where it's like this crackhead that hangs out in the 7-Eleven alleyway <laughs> that wants to fucking hit on girls, he's the perfect, that's the perfect Joker for it. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm really happy for Jared Leto. I really am. And Jared Leto's a douchebag in real life. I know that he is. I, he said a lot of stupid shit and he's acted like an asshole in a lot of ways. But I'm happy for him, dude, because I've always thought that he's a really good actor. And I think that he actually was listed as one of our dream casting as Jokers way back in he the was. day. Yeah. He really was. And, and and apart from that, man, like, okay, so let me ask you this. When, when Superman has the black suit on and he turns in that fucking, it's my uh, it's my background on my computer now. I loved it so Ooh. much. He looks so ah. goddamn good. But when, when he turns around, he's got the black suit on and he shoots the lasers. Is that yeah. the same scene from the Whedon version where he's standing next to the statue and he's fighting them and he, he gets pissed and goes to shoot? I thought that too. I think that's actually, um, I think he's fighting Darkseid at that point. Oh, okay. I think he's or I'm not sorry, not, not Dark Side, Steppenwolf. I think he's actually fighting Steppenwolf. You know, when he was like, it looks like this guy's giving you a hard time. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that part. That, I think it's that moment, but it's a lot, probably got a lot more gravitas to it in that scene with the black suit. See, I, I don't think it's. Christopher I just thought Man. it was the exact same scene of, but instead of him coming out of the grave shirtless and naked, he comes out with the black suit on. And for some weird fucking reason, Josh Whedon was like, no, I don't want the black suit. Oh, it's black. It's well, dangerous. It's mean. Get it out. I like happy things. Like, like cheating on my wife and, and messing with yeah. girls on the set of Buffy. Ah. <laughs> you feel like one of the one of the worst 70s sitcom shows I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's good. I would have watched You lost the scholarship. But, you can't go. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that, well, when he got resurrected, unless they do the resurrection scene completely different, when he got resurrected, he was just in a suit. So he came out with his shirt off, you know, bearing those spectacular pectoral muscles and abs. They look good. And I feel like he was just, he wasn't buried in the black Superman suit. I feel like and I, I, he was just buried in regular, you know, funeral clothes and he rose up out of the grave and that's what it was. Yeah. Unless they're going to do a different resurrection where he's, but the whole thing with the black suit is like it was a healing suit in the comic books. Kal-El was put in the in that black suit to heal him as he was fighting and getting better. So I don't know how they're going to do it. It might be a completely different resurrection scene. But the moment where he's having his eyes flash, and he's have those laser beams. I think he's fighting uh, Steppenwolf in that moment. That would be cool, too. I'd rather have that because I'd rather it be a newer moment than the, than the yeah. moment that we got because it felt like. It felt like the scene where, where he's fighting everybody, even though I did like that scene. I'm not going to I'm not going to just lie. I, I like the scene where he's fighting the Justice League uh, mm. when he comes first out of the grave. But you've also got the scene where his knuckles down and like that. Those rocks are forming around him. I think you're going to get a lot more of the resurrection than you got that time yeah. around. Uh, the shot of Wonder Woman upside down, flipping, cutting that motherfucker is just sick as shit, dude. I, I'm, I'm really happy that they're going to give more of a backstory and relationship um, expansion with Cyborg and his dad. That's fucking well deserved and needed and then they're also going to include the the flash sequence when he sees iris west when he bursts through the uh you know the the the, the plate glass window to save her that's a huge moment and that looked badass in the trailers and we never got so that's been completed that's going to look amazing yeah yeah man they're, they're, it's it when you watch the the entire trailer and then you hear what Zack snyder's talking about and all this stuff and the fact that he's never seen the joss whedon cut ever it's a completely different fucking movie. It's a hundred percent. I would say 95% to 96% different. Yeah. There that, might be a couple of leftover scenes, but dark, dark seed alone. 
right? Like, was he wasn't dark. in the movie at all, right? Yeah. He, Did I say Dark Seed? Like, dark yeah, Seed. Yeah. My Dark, dark Seed. Only Rotten Jeremy's come. Come get my Dark Seed. It's not <laughs> yeah, light yeah, Rotten seed. Jeremy's come. It's, it's like, yeah, dark. Blasted your dark seed in me. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna plant black emo plants with my dark seed. <laughs> no dark side. Sorry, uh, the way it's spelled fucks me up all the time. But like, I don't think he was. Well, he wasn't in Just League like at all, right? No that that was so. that was another thing they cut out. The fact that Dark Side was apparently in the script. Like he had a pretty significant role in the idea that it it's not it, it's like the background Thanos in the Marvel MCU. Like he's the guy that's. That's a, that's controlling everything. Like you know, it's all going to be gearing up to take down Darkseid, and that motherfucker's badass, dude. Goddamn, with those apocalypse beams, yeah. woo wee, give it to me. Yes. But yeah, you got Steppenwolf, and by the way, the the design on Steppenwolf, a hundred percent better, yeah. way cooler and intimidating looking than he was in that fucking. I don't know what that shit was. Like that looked like some Final Fantasy six shit. It looks like one of Santa's play. elves, like or one of Santa's reindeer, like put on the mask. <laughs> like yeah, what it, it looked like into. Disney was trying to expand out to be a little bit more risque, and then they, <laughs> they they pulled it back. But yeah, like and and I I I, I saw someone else. I, I didn't. I, I'm not the one that noticed this in the trailer. So props to whoever noticed it. They said that if you look closely, Steppenwolf's armor, or I guess they'd follow this. Steppenwolf's armor actually reacts it's alive it reacts to the environment that it's in either getting more spiky or you know less so or whatever so it's a, a like an organ organism on his body like a venom suit it's pretty fucking cool hey we better get a fucking i'll tell you this jay we better get a fucking screener for that shit when it before it comes out for review as you know you, as much you know dick I, as we've I, sucked I, yeah I, I do we've tickled the balls constantly <laughs> and and gurgled those balls for years i'm gonna be but, fucking uh, pissed dude Hey, man, I'll tell you what. No, I think Zack Snyder appreciates probably what we're doing as far as like what, you know, the grassroots movement that we we were talking about. Believe in Zack Snyder from our little uh, little uh, squirrel hole. But he's probably one of that guys. He's he's sitting back in the shadows being like, good job, but you will never see me and you will never know me. And then he just fades into the back. Like, I, I don't blame him either. But yeah, and I saw somebody's like, I think that Jay and Mike are secretly hardcore DC fanboys. I'm fanboys of all comic book movies, man. Yeah. I just think that DC has gotten a really bad cut over the years, man. I think that they have gotten unfairly treated yeah. by fans, uh, not just fans of DC, but just by fans of comic books in general. They, I, I feel like if you're going to give Marvel a pass on every... Like, dude, Captain America, the first Avenger, I enjoyed it. It sucked. It wasn't that good of a movie. It didn't suck, but it was a mediocre movie at best. Yeah. Thor 2 was dog shit. That was it was trash. complete dog shit. Age of Ultron, mediocre movie. Doctor Strange, I enjoyed it, but a lot of people didn't enjoy did it. But you know what? The, the, people give it passes all the time because it's Marvel. Yeah. I feel like if 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 DC farts wrong, they're like, fuck them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Superman should have red underwear outside his blue pants. <laughs> the fact that Zack Snyder's name alone is so divisive. And then you go like, oh, man, you either hate or love Zack Snyder. And it doesn't even feel anymore like it has anything to do with his actual fucking movies. It's like him yeah. as a person. And it's like the guy never did why. anything wrong to fucking anybody. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a redemption story. And I won't go into it because I know I've said it a thousand times. Uh, he had to leave the set because he lost a child, man. And yeah. then he, he's come back and all he wants to do is make his movie and so many people want to see his movie gets made. It's it's a it's a story of uh, of not redemption because he didn't do anything wrong, but it's it's a it's it's an amazing story. Like I don't know how you don't root for that guy, even if you don't like his movies. I don't see why the the general perception is, hey, I don't like that guy's movies, but good for him. I'm glad to see he got his movie made. Instead, yeah. like his name alone is like, I fucking hate Jack Smarter. You know, like why? I, 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 I've never understood. Uh, neither you, like Mike, and I for years on the channel have 
always defended Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I've yeah. never – that's where it seems the vitriol started, like with Man of Steel. Like he didn't make it exactly like the Ma and Paul Clark Kent that we you know, we all thought it was going to be a Christopher Reeve ripoff. And it was a different story. I feel like it brought the audience in more with Kal-El, which is a hard character to tell if you think about it. Like how to make him accessible for the audience. Like this is a good-looking guy. He can do anything he fucking wants. And he has a great job and a good-looking woman. Like what the fuck is wrong? Like I don't know why – why do I want to root for this guy? It's just not like my in my nature. But he was able to bring him down to the dirt and grime and make him a relatable kind of guy. And, you know, we all feel like outsiders are leftovers sometimes. And that's exactly how his portrayal of Clark Kent was. Now, and people bitched about it. They're like, oh, it's too dark. It's too scary. Like, I don't like that. They try to do a ripoff of, of Christopher Reeve in Brandon Ruth with Superman Returns. Yep. And it fucking tanked. Yep. You know what people said? The number one complaint, it's boring as shit. They're like, it's boring. It's been done before. There's nothing new here. Boring, boring, boring. Yep. The only highlight of that movie was the air, the airplane when he catches the airplane, which is fucking great. That was an awesome scene. But everything else was just like copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. And Brian Singer is a good director, but it's like that. That's what fans wanted. They got the underwear on the outside of the fucking suit, and it's still bomb. Yep. So I don't know what I. I just I don't get it, man. I feel like people were talking shit on Zack Snyder since Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I just don't understand it, man. Like the guy never did anything to anybody. Like if you don't like his movies, you don't like his movies. It's, it's fine to say, but like, oh god, Zack Snyder. It's just it's it's weird to me. Uh, John Strunk says uh, Smallville Lex should have been in BVS, and I'm surprised someone beat Christopher Reeve's Superman. And have you ever watched Bruce Campbell's Briscoe County Junior? No, on the Bruce Campbell, uh, I would have been fine with uh, the Lex Luthor from Smallville being in BBS. I think he was actually a really good Lex Luthor. I think he was awesome as Lex Luthor. He's got a good podcast. Yeah, I do. He has a great podcast. And then uh, what was the other question? Uh, he said, uh, and I'm surprised someone beat Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yeah, you're talking about the sun god? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I am father. I am father. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of yeah, that was pretty weird. But um, you know, look that those the, the the Christopher Reeve movies were great, and we and we love them, and they, they always have a, a you know a place in our hearts and farts. But you know, look, you you moving into the 21st century, you gotta you gotta change some things up. You can't just keep doing the same thing. And Christopher Reeve was awesome with what he did, but you can't replicate that. Like what no. he did in that fucking spandex suit with the underwear on top of the clothes. You can't replicate it. Like, I like I mean, look, Lois. Yeah, it's fucking perfect, man. Like you just gotta leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Gypsy Warrior says, "I'd be surprised if there was no more Snyder." Here's my take on that, man. Like, and obviously he's gonna do more stuff. There's, you just mean DC wise, but and Zack Snyder came out just recently, and he's like, "Look, here's here's where it stands. There's no plans for me to currently do anything else um, yeah. after this movie. There's no there's no talks with Warner Brothers. There's nothing. I'm pretty sure that they're done with me after this one." But that being said, this movie makes a goddamn metric ton of money. Yeah, which it, I think we should all fucking watch. It'll so he makes well, it'll be hard for it to make money because the market's fucked up. The market's really fucked up with HBO Max, and I love HBO Max because it feels like they're they're more into movies than other streaming services are. Other streaming services like want to do pump out their their original shows and stuff like that. Yeah. HBO Max, I really, really like. I got a hard on for the service because they do a lot more movies, like the Matrix trilogy, the Crow trilogy. All yeah. uh, they got they're a busy, they're busy boys. Yeah, they, they're they're a lot more headlined toward movies, and and I enjoy that. That's why I like HBO Max so much. That being said, they're fucking up their international distribution. Zack Snyder just came out and said he was like they're fucking it up. Basically, yeah. there's so many countries that can't get HBO Max 
that aren't going to be able to watch the Snyder Cut when it comes out. So they're going to get it like one country will get it two months later. Another country will get it six months later. There's some countries that won't get it until months later. And you watch when this comes out, even if it's a huge fucking success and and, and, and the movie is critically, I don't know if anything Zack Snyder does will be critically acclaimed at this never. point. It'll never be critically acclaimed. Yeah, it's hard to say, tell. But well, like, maybe, I, I guess 300 was critically acclaimed. I think people did like 300. But it was before all this nonsense, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's DC, it's got to suck. Um, but like, I feel like he's going to come out and he's going to make the movie for the fans like he always has. And then the people on the outside that want him to just do Marvel shit are going to be, they're going to say the same shit. They're going to tank it. Whatever's going to happen. Then they're going to point to, oh, it didn't make this much money. Oh, it only got, look how many more views WandaVision got than this. When it's not in half of the fucking world, like WandaVision is all over the place. And that's on HBO Max. That's on Warner Brothers. Not his fault. But you wait and see. They'll be shitting on him for it. I I didn't know. I actually didn't know that HBO Max wasn't a global, uh, you know, that people anywhere could download it. That's it's a slow weird. rollout. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, dude, look, uh, Zack Snyder has to, I, I, like, again, I would love, or Mike and I both would love to have Zack Snyder on the show just to talk to him about that. Because I'll tell you something about Zack Snyder, too, is that he seems like a genuine guy. He seems like he actually gives a fuck about what the fans think and, uh, you know, to give them the best possible movie of the characters that they want to see on the big screen. And I feel like he would be a joy to talk to. The problem with him is maybe he's not, I don't know. Maybe he's not falling in line. He's not doing the cookie cutter formula that MCU is doing. And therefore, if he does anything different, fuck you. Like if you're going to go outside the bubble, then fuck you. You're not a follower. You're not a conformist. Like maybe that's what it is. Maybe Zack Snyder refuses to bend the knee and just copy and paste what MCU has done over the years. And that's why people hate it. And and, and again, it's not Robbie. I am not saying a goddamn word against MCU. I think MCU and Kevin Feige and that whole crew over there have done an amazing job with that whole, with the, with the building, the, 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 the world building. But I mean, I don't want to have like, look, if I go to a donut shop, bitch, I want vanilla and chocolate icing. (laughs) Like I want both. I don't want same flavor over and over again. And I feel like he's been unfairly treated in the media because he refuses to, I don't know. It's the same thing about Todd McFarlane. We were talking about McFarlane, or like when we interviewed Alan McElroy, he was the same thing. He was the same guy that was like, I'm not going to do what fucking DC and what Marvel is doing right now. I want to make my own guy. He's from hell. His name's Al Simmons. He made a deal with Malbolgia, the devil, and he wants to come back to see his wife. It's not a fucking ki- uh, you know, kitty. It's not going to be on the Disney uh, streets. You know, and people were like giving him a hard time for it. So yeah. I don't know. He's but, been made a poster boy for this movement. And like, I'm not even sure what the movement is, you know? Zack Snyder? Yeah, he's, he's he's the poster boy for all. He's like like a right, lightning rod for controversy. And the guy hasn't done a fucking thing wrong except for just trying to make the movies he likes to make. Dude, I, I, like, I don't know if there was a tweet or if he said something on Facebook or some other shit. Like, if that was the case and it was something that was coming back and biting him in the ass, like, Nothing I don't I know, know that. I don't I don't know that. But I mean, James Gunn had the issue that he had, um, which, again, if somebody says something 25 fucking years ago and then you pull it out and like, use it as a revolver to shoot him in the head and kind of end their career, you're a fucking idiot. Need a life. Yeah. But my point being is, like, I don't know if he did that or not. I haven't heard anything like you said. Yeah. You didn't hear anything. So if it's just I think it's just he's like, he has a very punchable face and I don't like him. Like, that's <laughs> yes. I, I, that's it. I guess that's it. I, I guess, like, because I, I think it's maybe the Snyder Cut movement. People were so gung ho about it, and then you got people like trying to push them down, and then the, the 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 small people that were just wanting to see their movie actually won. And I think that pissed off a lot of media members who were trying to tell you how it was. We've covered Look, it a bunch, but you know what? If somebody came to me and said, "Hey, replace fucking Zack Snyder uh, as the leader of the DC universe uh, because of a," 
uh, he makes dark toned uh, visions of these beloved characters, I would say, go fuck yourself. Or B, uh, because he had said something 20 years ago that was inappropriate, I'd say, fuck you. And then if it was C, I just don't like him. I'd be like, well, then you need another. Like, see, that's what I'm saying. There's only, there's got to be three. There's, unless there's a conspiracy and people are covering shit up for him. Huh. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the guy's got not, not more sympathy. Yeah. I mean, if you bury your own kid and you have to deal with that in mm -hmm. the middle of making your opus, your your magnus opus with yeah. Justice League. And you lock up the set. You hope in good hands with Joss Whedon, and then it gets fucking butt fucked at the airplane in San Diego. And then you come back, and people are like, "Oh, is there a Zack Snyder cut?" And you're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, I don't want to see it." Yeah. Oh, but and you got, I don't know, man. Like it's fucking Jesus Christ. You're talking about one of the most hated guys in Hollywood for no fucking reason. It's that guy. Exactly, dude. Like you said it perfectly when you said, "I don't know why there's not more sympathy for him." And that's exactly it. Like, I mean, if you don't like this movie, it's like I, I, no qualms with you. Like, if you're like, "Hey, I don't fucking, I don't like his style. I don't like to see. I don't like the, what they do, what he does with his movies." Fine, that's cool. That's fine. But I, how do you not, as a human being, look at that story and go, "Hey, I'm not gonna watch it. Don't give a fuck." Catch me watching some other shit, but yeah. good for that guy. Hey, that's cool. Instead, yeah, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, people like blow their o holes out of their pants. Yeah, when they hear the name, I don't know. Like, and, and look, it's I don't. Somebody was saying, has he been out in the news and he has said anything like anti cancel culture? And I don't think that a goddamn word. Like, you know what? He's one of those smart people. Which again, I fucking said this a hundred times. If you work in Hollywood. If you work in Hollywood, whatever your beliefs are in political in the political world, keep it to your fucking self and don't fucking get on Twitter and rant or, or on Instagram and rant about it. That's going to be listen, you can have free speech, which I, I'm 100 percent for. But there are consequences for your actions. If you work for a company and you're representing that company and they say, don't fucking do that and you still do it and you get fired. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing if I wore, I used to work at CVS. If I got a megaphone and stood up in the middle of the fucking pharmacy and said, wear a mask, you motherfuckers, guess what? They're going to fire me right away. Yeah. Like, that's just the way that it works. But, yeah. I, I, and, and like again, I don't think that Zack Snyder's even been in that conversation. He's not. He's really not. But I agree with you on that, by the way. It's like someone, someone made a really great tweet the other day talking about the Gina Carano stuff and all that stuff like that. And they were like, hey, it's not – she's not being canceled. It's called like you say shit. It has consequences. No one's telling you yeah. you can't say it. You can say whatever the fuck you want, but if someone chooses to employ you and then you say a bunch of dumb shit and they decide that they, they want to fire you because you're dumb shit, then that's just called a consequence. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You know what Man, I mean? That's like, a, I'm glad you brought that up because that's 100%. Like When I was taking a poopy on the toilet uh, earlier, I was reading a little bit more in the Gina Carino uh, thing, and I, I, I like Gina Carino. I liked her character on The Mandalorian a lot, and I think that she seems like a very nice person. And even Dana White said, leave Gina alone. You know, the guy that wrote the article is a douchebag. He made it all about himself. I agree with that 100% because the guy did make it all about himself. I read the article. The guy was like, me, me, I, I. I'm a Jewish guy, and I'm offended. He's not speaking for the whole fucking thing. By the way, this is the same reporter that got banned from UFC events for being an asshole by Dana White. My point being is, like, here's the thing what happened with Gina Carino. Pedro Pascal did say some stupid shit too. Pedro Pascal was warned to stop. Pedro Pascal stopped because he worked for this company, Lucasfilms, who did not want to be associated with inflammatory remarks at all. Gina Carino, God bless her. I like her. She's a cool girl. Whatever. She made a really bad, stupid mistake. She was warned three fucking times, three times by the company. And that's, look, it's an at-will state. It's an at-will fucking thing. Yep. If you're hired by a company and you are, by extension, a representative of that company, you know, 
you cannot be blasting your mouth and running your fucking gums on social media about whatever you left or right. I don't give a fuck. Just if you want to rant and rave, do it in the privacy of your home with your friends and family off fucking Facebook like they did in the 80s when there was no fucking social media. Like, don't get on there. And, and, and hey. especially, by the way, if your employer warns you and they're like, hey, man, you got to stop that shit. Yeah. If it was me, if I own that company, if it was my money, if it was my money, and I'm talking about this as strict corporate as I get, and this is not left or right, but it's my fucking money and you're fucking it up because you want to run your goddamn mouth. I would say you get one warning. And if you run your mouth again, you're fucking fired because you could cost me millions. That's that's it. the way it works. Yeah, you got to take emotion out of it. Like it's it's very very simple. Uh, it, the problem with cancel culture isn't her getting fired from her job because they yeah. told her not to say something. She said it. She got fired. The problem with cancel culture is she's probably going to get for the rest of her life nothing but hate tweets and hate emails yeah, and people shitting on her and people like trying to like oh I'm not, it's not good enough that you lost your job i want to watch you literally brought out in in in, in, in the town square and lit on fire it's like yeah. people take it too fucking far like too okay much, yeah. but at the same time don't ask me for sympathy because you lost your job because if i did that shit i lose my fucking job too you know what i mean 100 like again it has nothing to do with politics like yeah. if you and i okay for example i mean this is a very basic level okay very basic level we're not lucasfilm we're not disney but mike and i we do our best with this channel that's why we don't talk about politics or put anything on our personal facebook or or whatever instagram twitter i don't have any of that stuff but if i did i would never put anything political on there because i don't want to fucking make anybody feel uncomfortable on either side of the spectrum and it also puts us like the the channel itself at a it, it puts us at a bad position yeah like if one of us were sitting there preaching fuck trump or fuck biden it's going to put a problem on the whole thing. And it's just better not to talk about that unless you're going to do it with your friends and family off, off fucking social media. And I feel like somebody should have told Gina Carino the same thing. And again, I loved her character. I think that she is a sweet person. I've, I've seen her interviews. She is. Did she make a mistake? Yes, absolutely. I Did I get what she was trying to say? I did. But it was a terrible wording of what she was trying to say, and she should never have done it. Yep. And if you've been warned three fucking times, and you yeah. chose to ignore each warning, and you got fired, man. I mean, you got to eat the crow. Hey, like, you got to eat it. Perfectly explained. I think no one told you you're not allowed to say it. But if you do say it, then don't ask me to, to, to feel sorry for you if you get fired because they asked you not to say it. No one's ta- yeah. it's not. It's, no one's saying, hey, you don't have the right to say this. You have the right to say it. 100%. I have yeah. the right to fucking fire you for it. And that's just yeah. the way it goes. I mean, that's that's that, that's... That's business. That's life. You know, that's just. Yeah. And I, I I feel, God, man, there's so much more you could say on it. But look, and, and, and we're against woke shit. Like, I, I don't like that stuff. I don't like any of that stuff. But if it, it was pretty much obvious, like the company warns you several times and they want to bring up Pedro Pascal. And I've seen some people that are clickbaiting on YouTube, putting this shit out there. Oh, Pedro Pascal was kept and she was. It's not like that. Pedro Pascal was warned. I saw his tweet too, or his, and it was stupid. It was fucking moronic. He should never have made that. He was warned, and guess what? He was like, I want to keep making fucking money, so I'm going to stop doing that. That's all it would take for me. If somebody, if my employer that was paying me millions of dollars said, hey, man, cut it the fuck out, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's it. It's like That's simple. all you got to do. That's all you got to do. And then, you know, I know that she's coming out now and saying they prepared 
her a public apology that they wanted her to read. And she said, no, fuck you. I'll do my own apology. Fine. You did your apology. Don't keep posting shit. And again, I am not, I am not here. I am not a woke guy. I fucking at all, but that is pretty black and white, man. If a company tells you to shut the fuck up and they're paying you a lot of money and exposing you to the masses and you don't do that, man, you get, you reap what you sow. Like that's an old saying you reap, what you sow and like you said man you can say whatever the fuck you want to say for sure freedom of speech man i'm all for it but there are consequences to what you said yeah it'd be better if she came out and said hey i said it i knew i was going to get fired when i said it i said it anyway don't feel bad for me i knew what i was getting into that's another thing thing. if i wanted to get up and be an asshole and start speech like doing the most hate speech i wanted on a soapbox yeah if somebody comes up and punches me in the fucking face and knocks my teeth out Guess what? I deserve it, and I. But you know what? They get to do that. Like, they're gonna go to jail too. But I got my freedom of speech, y'all. But I gotta pay the consequences yeah. for it. So and, there you go. If you want to fight a battle, if you want to go on a crusade for somebody, you know, you you know how many people today got fired at fucking Burger King just because someone didn't like the way they were wearing their pants? Maybe they were sagging their pants a little bit. Maybe they didn't like the way they were talking to their friend, and they got fucking fired because it's an at will state, and it's a you know, there's so many. And I know it is here, but in a lot of places that way, they can fire you for fucking nothing. They can just mm-hmm. fire you, and they don't have to have a good That's reason for it. And if you've been there less than six months you don't even have a fucking farts chance in hell at getting unemployment that happens every day to a bunch of people working minimum wage and you know i i don't see a bunch of people out there crusading for them you know yeah. so it is what it is like you play stupid games you win super prizes i had to say that 10 times but to me it's the greatest quote of 2021 tell me tell me you would not fucking do that like if you work okay if you and i were cast in a lucasfilm like thing right and we we're gonna make Say say the minimum was five hundred thousand dollars for you know six months of work or whatever it was. I would be the most crystal clean butthole boy you've ever seen. Like I love everyone and no one is against me and evil is bad. I would never say a fucking word that would be inflammatory. I would never comment on the Capitol riots. I would never comment on Joe Biden and the election. I would never comment on Donald Trump. I would keep my fucking shit clean as a yeah. woo whistle. Well, even with us, dude, with us, we've gotten it from both sides. We've made political jokes for fun, just to just to have a fucking laugh on both sides, yeah. just to have a laugh. And we've had people attack us for that. And then uh, we've also had people attack us for, you don't understand how important this election is. You need to use your platform to speak out. You oh, need to. And I'm man. like, I don't need to do shit, man. That's all anybody does is fucking fight and talk about politics anymore. I feel like people want a place to go where they don't have to pick a side. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to let you fucking forget it for 10 minutes. Because you know what? You haven't fed your kids dinner yet. And you've been arguing <laughs> on Facebook for three fucking yeah. hours. They're hungry. Get off yeah, fucking they're... Facebook. You're not changing the world. Go feed your fucking kids. Take care of your shit for five minutes. Yeah, How about that? Stop, let, stop letting that baby hang on your sister's tit because you're too fucking fucked up to lactate, bitch. <laughs> Calm like, down. Yeah, goddamn trailer park boys. But yeah, dude, it's um, yeah, it, it really is crazy, dude. I swear to God, when I hear that shit, like, oh, you all, you boys don't know shit. You all racist or you all woke as fuck. I feel like I feel like uh, Matthew Lillard and screams like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've been called we've been called racist we've been called woke we've been called liberals we've been called trump tarts and the funny thing about that is that jay and i have completely different political we're opinions so, we really are like it's <laughs> like we we're, we're motherfucking like skeletor and he-man on the opposite sides of the physical spectrum but we somehow come together and rule state mountain and- <laughs> we, just, we just happen to realize that nobody gives a fuck how we feel yeah, about that, that. so we keep like, it to the garage 
hey, you have a different political opinion than me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Dot the H says, hey guys, have y'all watched WandaVision yet? I have not watched anything but the first two episodes. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just going to wait at this point oh, and watch I, them all I, at yeah. once. I've been all on it, man. Yeah, I haven't watched the newest one, but holy shit. Yeah, man, what they're doing with WandaVision is like some insane cool shit. Like, dude, you got to watch it because you're going to see what they're setting up for the next phase of Marvel because you can already see it coming. And I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but, um, ooh, man, I, I think that, um, I think Scarlet Witch has got, she's going to have PMS for a while and she's going to have to be put down. She's a wild dog, a mad dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing at that. I have no idea what happens, but that sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you want to take a little breaky break before we bring in? Well, yeah, we have to take one by the 150 because we have a specifically scheduled time to have Mike Nelson on. Uh, let me get these last super chats then. Uh, Gary Catlow says, do you think Darcy's Omega beams will be normal, be like normal heat vision where it just travels in a straight line? Or do you think he will be able to make them turn corners like they do in the comics? Absolutely. I think that Zack Snyder pays attention to every detail regarding the DC uh, fandom. And the like, and you know the history of the of the, of the characters. It's gonna turn and twist. The Omega beams are gonna like work like the Omega beams. I don't think it's gonna be just like goddamn Cyclops with two eyeballs shooting it out, dude. The Omega beams are fucking deadly because they can go, they can do the goddamn figure eight and shit. It's like you could be like running around like up and down jumping like Ace Ventura when he's trying to avoid the sniper shot, and it still would find your ass in that hut. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be entertaining as fuck to see, no matter what happens. Connor Clary says, I'm so hyped for the Batman Joker duo nightmare for the Snyder Cut. I feel Zach will have a great action scene for them fighting side by side. Yeah. That I if they if Batman and Joker fight side by side, I'll shit my pants. I, you know what? That's that's I, a ballsy prediction, but my friend. Yeah, man. I I hope this this generates enough like interest and love and money, which is the key word here, money, uh, for Ben Affleck. I'm just saying, like I know this is crazy, but Ben Affleck to put the cowl on one more time and do an actual movie fighting Jared Leto, Jared Leto's Joker. Like as it. he is, like and directed by Zack Snyder. Can we get a fucking yes? I would like it very much, Jim. Gypsy Warrior says obviously JL two and three would be amazing. Uh, but if I had one wish come true, it would be a Zack Snyder Batflick show with Jared Leto and Deathstroke. Basically, what we were just saying. Fucking a man. Yes, man. Deathstroke is so underused. Can we please get that fucking movie? They had a they had a a good fucking guy already cast for him, and the guys in like what was his name? Uh, I can't say his fucking Joe Manganiello. Name. But yeah, Manginello. Yeah, that sounds like some fucking macaroni that nobody wants to eat. <laughs> hey, I got a bowl of Manginello. It's like that's some nasty shit. You poor. That ain't craft. And that is it for the super chat. So what we're gonna do, got? Oh no, no, it's not. I lied. I lied to my face. Mark Dorman said, "Vote Perot." You're goddamn right. That's a train Perot. me and Jay can get on together. You vote Fuck yeah. Ross fucking Perot. He's that gonna get it done. Hey man, he's he's the one of the most like actually as any like independent president, he got three percent of the vote. I appreciate Ross Perot. He worked for that three percent. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he Pr- fucking proud did. of every one of those percents. <laughs> Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> really was. Michael Stapp says happy belated birthday to EJ and belated anniversary to you and Katie. Hey, thank you so much, man. Hey. Appreciate that. Celebrate hey. fourteen biggins. Hey ha hoo. 14 months together. <laughs> 14 <laughs> hours. Uh, ain't guilt or get. Intel Wild said, we love your tiny units and fucking faces. I love your tiny unit. I'd put it in my mouth. Wait, what? Every day I look down, I'm like, why did I get blessed with a tiny unit? But you know what? It's not about the size. It's about how you stick it in. Yeah. <laughs> Use your tongue. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll be back. And when we come back, make sure nobody leaves. Stick around. We've got director of Wrong Turn, Mike P. Nelson, to hang out with Ooh. us for a little while at the end of the show tonight. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. All right. Let me see what we got here. 
Dun, 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 dun. Mike Nelson, everybody. Hey, man. <laughs> Can you hear us, man? Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Oh, my gosh. I was just... Uh... I, I was just playing it on YouTube. I noticed it was uh, it was doing a little bit of the the review that you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just I don't know what happened. We took a break, and like I knew you were coming on at ten because normally what I'll do is I'll just message the person like the the meeting link, and they had me send it earlier. And I, I came back and I was like, "Holy shit, it's ten oh eight. I was like, "You said the waiting room right now." I was like, just, just, like I, slamming I my keyboard. That. I heard you do that panic voice. You're like, oh shit! <laughs> My shit was muted. I'm like, hey, it's okay. <laughs> so sorry to keep you waiting, man. Our bad. Oh no, no. We're actually. I was. Uh, I was a little nervous because I. I literally just got my uh, my five year old son down to bed. Like at. Uh, well, now here it's here it's uh, nine ten. So I got him down at eight fifty nine, and so I like booked it down here. And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> no, uh, well, that makes me feel way better. Then I'm glad. I, I know what that's yeah. like too. By the way, yeah. we do these these live streams at night and like getting the kids to bed right on time, and then they pop out. It's it's crazy, dude. But oh my gosh, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for taking the time, man. We really appreciate it. And awesome. a huge shout out to Mike White Jr. for connecting us together. Gosh, I mean, do you guys know how that all happened? I don't actually. The, the Mike, the Mike, how how I know Mike and everything. I know that he was in one of your shorts or something like that that he mentioned, but oh man, back in like this was two thousand three. This okay, so this was back in two thousand three when the original Wrong Turn came out. Uh, we did a movie called Massacre in Madge, and. Um, Mike was friends with a, a friend of mine who has, had a lake place up there, Kevin Cray. And uh, we started this tradition for, I think it was three or four years, where we made these short little horror films in three or four hours. Like, we just, like, balls of the wall. We were just like, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, we're going to make a slasher. Uh, what's the guy going to look like? Uh, let's see. Let's put a, 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 a dirt bike helmet on him. He'll, we, oh, look at this. We got a, a, a bright orange like jumpsuit like for hunting. We'll put him in that. And he just goes into a house and it's kind of like, it's kind of Jason-y. It's kind of supernatural, but is it? And it's just a guy that kills all these kids and it's going to be great. <laughs> and so we, it, it's like for like three or four years, every summer we made one or two of these, uh, these little horror films. And the first one that we ever did was this, uh, this massacre match. And Mike was the killer. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. He was the man in orange is what we called him. And he was kind of like, it was the inspiration was like this Jason Michael Myers hybrid. Um, And he just, you know, killed all the friends in the cabin. And then we did a sequel the following year (laughs) and uh, Masker and Madge too. And uh, we just, yeah. And then we just, we made some other ones. It was great. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember like as soon as the news of the wrong turn was coming out, Mike was like, dude, I'm in this shit. I'm like, Mike, you're on mushrooms again, and you're in the chat, and you're just saying weird things. And he's like, no, really. <laughs> well, that and that that whole thing came about with just, I mean, you know, Mike reached out, and I, you know, he he heard about that I was doing the wrong turn. He was like, hey, man, can, can I, like, if I, like, came out there, could I be in it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was that simple. And, and he was like, okay. And so... I didn't know if he was going to do it or not, but sure enough, he was like, so you're still doing it. Right. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I'm coming out. And he came out. 
he came out he got himself a motel room and uh he showed up and i remember he showed up and i was like i sent him the text of like how to get in touch with the the costume uh, and I would approach it, though. Uh, hey, you want to be in our film? And then we would just show up in our regular clothes. They're like, you got to go to wardrobe. And like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds cool, though. Yeah. Hey, man, I that was, was good. I was going to ask you, by the way. So I'm always fascinated with, like, how people got exactly to where they were. And especially with, like, directors and stuff like that. Like, so... We we were a huge fan of the domestics, which by the way was Mike Mike White's Patreon pick for us to watch, and we watched it and we're like, holy shit, man, this movie's awesome. Which was uh, a movie that you directed in 2018, and everybody watching this right now, trust me, go watch the domestics. It'll blow your fucking mind. Uh, you'll you'll wonder how the hell you haven't heard of it. Uh, loved it, man. It was great. Um, but ha- ha- from your point to starting directing up into the point where you got this this movie with this semi-big budget. I mean, I, on IMDb, it's listed at like $10 million or something like that, which is like, it's a shitload of fucking money, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ha- what was your journey like getting from starting directing to having this big movie on your hands? Um, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> um it, you know, it's it's definitely it definitely has its journey. I'll, I'll give you the shortened version. So, um, basically, um, you know, been writing stories, making little short films all my life, like since I was seven years old, uh, just just doing the thing. And um, you know, when it got to the time to to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I was like, dude, I want to make movies. So, shit, I want to go to college. Let's go to film school. So I went to Minneapolis College of Art and Design here um, here in Minnesota, and. Uh, um, did that four-year program, four-year film program, had a lot of fun, um, you know, made some cool stuff and uh, then finished school. And where, where, where was I? I was working at a grocery store for a year. <laughs> um, super glamorous. Uh, and then um, started shooting weddings, anything to kind of like, you know, keep a camera in my hand and, and, and stuff like that. Um, shot a movie called Summer School with uh, a bunch of my buddies from college and uh, it was an anthology horror film um, and uh, did that uh, shot for very cheap on the DVX which was like the coolest camera ever at the time and um, got distribution for it like this small distribution uh, thing uh, through Osiris and it was, it was cool so like our movie showed up in like Walmart bargain bins and stuff and it was really fucking cool um that would be and, fucking uh, cool to see i, I would be, yeah. I would be stoked. <laughs> well do it no it was it was great well one thing that was really cool is one christmas uh my my uh my mother-in-law she would always get me these horror compilation discs with like you know like 12 horror movies on it and like they're all indie or they're all like old school and and uh, i open it up one year and i'm opening it up and i'm like oh cool and like so i get one and then i open up the other one and i'm like summer school i'm like did you like <laughs> And I look at the back and I'm like, that's, that's our movie. And it like, it's a terrible disc. It like has a picture of this hand with a giant ax in it. It has nothing to do with our movie. <laughs> and she goes, Oh no. She goes, I just saw, I thought that would be like something you'd be interested in. I'm like, no, no, I, I, I made this movie with some friends. And she's like, no way. <laughs> uh, and, she, and, and I was like, where'd you get this? She goes, Oh yeah, I just got it at Walmart or whatever. I was like, Oh gosh, that's awesome. Um, in any case, did that, made that movie. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I also, but uh, in college, I, I was really into like uh, doing sound for movies. Like, so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the movies that I made, like had a very heavy sound, um, emphasis on sound and sound design. And um, 
and so I did all the sound design for summer school. When we took it to get scored, uh, the guy who scored the film uh, ran an audio post house here. He liked how it sounded. And he was like, hey, how would you like a job here? And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, cool. Like, and I, I'd been looking, I'd been like scrambling to try to find something in the industry that I could, you know, latch on to. And so this was kind of like my first big break. And so, yeah, I started doing that, cut a bunch of sound for like, 40, 50 episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, cut some stuff for features. And it had, it had a great, like, three-year run there. Then I got hired to do commercial directing at, at a place here in Minneapolis. Just, you know, uh, I wanted to direct. And a buddy of mine from MCAD started his company, and he wanted to start a live-action portion of the company. So I went. He hired me there. So I moved on to the next step, kept, kept moving up. Um, uh, and, uh, then I got a chance to direct this like kind of sitcom uh, educational thing for a year, which was like literally directing every single, every day for a year, which was awesome. While I was doing all that stuff, I was making my own short films. Um, you know, do, I did a short called the retirement of Joe Corduroy, which, um, you know, I got a grant for a Minnesota, uh, art grant for that. I post, I posted that up and, and got some, uh, some notoriety on, on Twitch film when that was going, uh, Todd Brown, uh, it was kind of run by Todd Brown who does XYZ films. Um, and that got out there and that's kind of how I found my agent, strangely enough. Like he didn't like sign me on the spot, but he was like, keep in touch with me. Like, and I would like, I would every year for like four years, I made an excuse to go out to LA so I could just meet with him. So I'd email him and be like, Hey man, I'm going to be in LA next week. You want to grab some coffee or lunch or something? He'd be like, sure. So I'd go and buy a ticket and I'd go out there and we'd, we'd chat and, um, you know, just kind of kept that relationship alive. Um, and then uh, went on to the next one. Started doing this little short called The, uh, the Domestics. Um, had this cool idea, kind of wanted to do this very grounded, um, you know, original Mad Maxy kind of uh, marital drama meets post apocalypse, ultra violent kind of you know, story and, um, did this thing for like 2000 bucks, you know, worked with my, my, the crew that I love to work with here in in, in Minnesota. And, uh, that kind of became a proof of concept. Um, uh, uh, eventually, um, I showed the film to Todd Brown at Twitch who had saw Joe Corduroy. Uh, and he was like, Hey, do you ever think about turning this into a feature? Cause I originally wanted to turn it into a, um, a web series, like a 10 part web series with like these 10 minute episodes. So it'd be like a feature length film, but in these chunks that I could shoot when I had the money. And he was like, you should, you should write a feature of this. Like, it, I think it's really good. And I was like, okay. So I started writing some stuff down, wrote like this longhand thing, uh, enlisted the help of a good friend of mine, Winona, who, you know, is a great screenwriter and, and, and she helped me kind of put things together and put, put uh, you know, finish the script and nothing happened. Like there was nothing, you know, I sent it out to some people and nothing happened. So it sat on my computer and I was kind of bummed out, but I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to still go for this web series thing. Um, buddy of mine, uh, this guy from, again, from Minnesota, all these Minnesota, I'm telling you, man, there's like something magic about people in Minnesota. Like there's just great people here and there's great people that do really great things. And this guy that I had met, he was an actor in one of my commercials. He and I uh, hit it off. He went out to L.A. to start producing. And he goes, Mike, Mike, I, I'd really like to do something with you. I love your stuff. Uh, it was fun working with you. Do you have any scripts just laying around? And sure enough, I did. It was a script that just been, you know, rotting on my computer called The Domestics. I was like, yeah, here, just 
if you know anybody who wants to read this shit, just send it to anybody. And he's like, <laughs> okay, fine, fine. That's fine. and so he sent it to people, and um, he sent it to Kurt Johnston, uh, the writer of Three Hundred and Atomic Blonde, um, and he loved it. And he was like, okay. And then he sent it to Shannon Galding, who was a producer at Hollywood Gang. They were the ones behind 300 and, and from Dust Till Dawn and all that stuff. And she really liked it. And so she called me and she's like, Mike, how would you like to sit down or how would you like to work with me over the next few months and develop this script? And I was like, okay, cool. We developed the script. We got it to a point. They flew me out. I pitched the movie to Gianni, the owner of Hollywood Gang. Uh, that was terrifying experience, but one of the most memorable experiences of my entire life, like uh, pitched the movie to this giant Hollywood dude. And he says, yes. Yep. And so Cameron, the producer and I, we literally, we steal a golf cart on the Warner brothers lot and we just cruise the whole Warner brothers lot, just like going <laughs> in and like running around and like trying not to be, get seen by people. It was like, I'll never forget that day. Um, after that, we just kept working on it. We, you know, got the script to a, a place where we all were all happy. Flew me out again. We started pitching to studios. We pitched to Warner Brothers. They said no, it's just too small for them. And then we had like five or six places lined up. Pitched to MGM the next day. Went really well. Uh, they liked it, but you know there was no real yes. Went out, went to have coffee in Beverly Hills. We get a call. We want the movie. Wait, what? <laughs> we want the we Was want the yes? movie. Squeeze me. <laughs> okay. And I remember, I remember Adam Krenzman, one of our EPs was just like, no, no, say it again. Like you want the, yes, yes, we want the movie. We're, we're willing to put 5 million up right now. Proof to production. Fuck. Okay. Um, and then he <laughs> literally had to call, Sh I know. And he had to call Shannon and be like, Shannon, are these other studios as interested as this right now? And she goes, well, let me find out. She calls all the other studios. MGM just offered us this. Can you do the same or can you match it or do better? Nobody could do better. She called back. Nobody can do better. Adam calls him back. We'll take it. Literally. It just like happened. And he was like, this never happens this way. This is insane. <laughs> we go through the casting hell and, you know, obviously work, work, working with MGM was a little bit, you know, tumultuous. It was pretty crazy. There was a lot of ups and downs. Uh, ultimately, though, we got the movie made and um, super proud of it. It was a crazy adventure. And, um, you know, you think, you know, you make a movie like that and you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the door, but really, you know, you've just gone from being, you know, the guy in Minnesota who like is kind of on top of his game. to now you're in Hollywood. So now you're all the way back down here. Right. And, uh, what was hard and what was a giant learning lesson was, was, uh, um, holy shit, I now am at the bottom and I thought, well, but I got a movie out there. I can get another movie. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of no's, a lot of no's. And that was hard. And I didn't know when the next thing would come along. Hence, wrong turn. And then things just kind of, you know, went from there. Dude, there you go, man. Holy shit. That's so like, I know that was a long story, but that's no, and, and that literally that's the fucking journey. Yeah, yeah man, that's a that's a great journey. That like that like showcases like why Mike and I will never do that. Like it's like it's like idle. It's like oh, there was a bright light, but dude, fuck that. That's too far. <laughs> and you went for it, bro. But like, holy shit, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, it, was, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of work, but you know, yeah. it, it paid off. And I remember, I remember like leaving college and just being like, the the question they asked us all was, where do you want to? What do you want to do in ten years? Yeah. Where do you want to be? I said I want to make a Hollywood movie, and it was like ten months t or ten years, nine months, and I was shooting. I was shooting so domestics. Cool. Fucking I was just it, like, like <laughs> that, and I was that, like, man, it, 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 works, it works like literally. And this is, this is like the message to like anybody that like wants to make movies. Like 
if you just like if you just stick it's it's so hard but if you just like stick to it and that's all that's what you want like you can do it like i'm i'm a nobody from minneapolis minnesota like freezing in negative 10 degree weather and <laughs> literally just fought the freaking yeah. fight and did it you know what i mean so you can do it yeah man it kind of reminds me it's kind of reflective of uh like um someone like james cameron who had talked about that he used to drive trucks and shit like that's what he did and he bought a bunch of books and learned you know on his own and and he broke in through the business that way like yeah if you just keep grinding at it eventually maybe the 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 wall will fall down for you but that's awesome man. that's fucking cool shit like that's a great story i love it it is you just gotta want it man you gotta want it you gotta want it bad you gotta have that rocky five soundtrack go for it (laughs) 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 to even go a step further even if you're not into film and shit like that that's why I love asking people that question, like, how did you get to that first thing? That first thing is always the thing that interests me the most because there's so much turmoil and so much crazy shit and so many no's and and so many people, like, just, like, looking at you and be like, yeah, okay, sure, you're going to do that, sure. Why are you working at the fucking grocery store? Yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, There's so many no's and so much shit you have to eat just to get to that first point that whatever it is you're doing, if you just have to fucking say yes, man, you have to keep going, you have to do that, you had the commercial, you had this, you had that, you kept fucking working, and you were working, and you were working, and you, and you were working, and you got it, and then even when you get it sometimes, it's like, fuck, I'm back to square one. But it's worth <laughs> yeah. it, man. Yeah. Oh, man, 100%. Like, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun ride, but it, it, is, it is about that journey so much because, I mean, journey to, the journey doesn't end until you're dead, you know, it's like, you know, destination, what destination, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 there's never a destination. It's always, you're always moving forward. So. Fucking Where we're going, we don't need roads. Fuck yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I love that Uh, answer, man. Yeah, that's a great answer. What I was going to ask you, uh, like when you look at the original wrong turn and what you did with the, you know, the remake, um, Man, it's such a it's such a departure from the obvious like villain in the and I asked Alan McElroy that kind of the same thing. Where you know you had the, the the crazy rednecks running down the hills in the original one, and like you know it's obvious the bad guy, the good guy versus the bad guy kind of situation. And um, again, I'll pose the same question to you that I asked Alan: Was the when you were directing the the movie, was it your intention to make it where it was like a gray kind of area where like don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing? Where like you see these guys that are living out in the hills and and they have their own lifestyle and maybe they're better off than what the current society is. Was that your intention going forward with the film to make it like it's it's obviously wrong turn. It's a cool you know it's a horror movie, but it's also a complete departure from what the original film was in a lot of ways as well. Is that your intention to make it more, um, I guess, uh, you know, morally gray in a lot of areas? Like who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? that was one of the things that was so clear on the script. Like, I, I know it's like, you know, you talk about like we're, we're the gray area, but it's like, that was one of the clearest things in the script. Yeah. It was just like this idea that, you know, um, you want to stereotype somebody, you want to judge somebody before you get to know them, you're going to get in trouble. Yep. And um, that was to me, one of, one of the most unique things about it. Um, you know, I often make this 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 comparison where uh, you know you have um, a movie like Friday the Thirteenth, where you know this movie, you know these series of movies that you know were were done through through the the Reagan and Bush years, where it's like you know be the good be the good kid who obeys their parents, doesn't have sex, doesn't do drugs, and you'll live a happy life. You know, basically be the virgin, yeah. um, and you'll be okay. 
Um, and then if you don't, Jason will murder you. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and in this, you know, it, it, you know, I think we're living in such a different time now mm-hmm. that 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 kind of that kind of way of thinking um, doesn't really play so much. I don't think anymore. I don't think people really buy into that other than as as like a nostalgic thing. It, mm-hmm. it, it's just it, you're, you're playing back to the, the, the threads of, of old. And, you know, this really showed something new and unique which was you like i said you want to stereotype somebody you want to judge somebody that's how you're going to get killed and exactly. that was sort of the the that kind of horror you know um theme uh, theme, uh the horror thematics if you will um yeah. that, that i thought was was really cool and, and connected it was awesome man i loved it it was one of the things that like after i watched it, i was like holy shit that's really fucking good like that's that was an amazing little like tidbit that you put in there I, I really loved it a lot because it wasn't like like you mentioned like the regular tropes that you would have with you know jason and you just mentioned friday the 13th like you know don't have sex before marriage you know what an asshole <laughs> and then you know jason's gonna kill you but yeah you i like that you added this like muddled kind of you know if you're gonna walk into a you know a situation that you're not a hundred percent like fully like like knowledgeable about and then just say hey that's a that's a redneck asshole prick and then just judge them like that like I loved it, man. I thought that was a really nice touch with that film. Well, and and um, you know, one of the things that that was really neat about like what Alan had set up and what we you know kept discovering as we were making the film is that ev- all of these characters are judging each other. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the the foundation is judging you know the town and then and the, and the city kids. The city kids are judging the foundation and the townsfolk. The townsfolk are judging the foundation and the and the, and the city folk. Like. And, and, and it gets everybody in, in, into a, a world of trouble. And, and, and that's when the bodies start piling up, you know, it's because of all these, these assumptions that people make. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, I mean, I read this script in 2017. Like this is, you know, this, this wasn't like, well, we got to make this because it's 2020 and holy yeah. shit, like, you know, people are, you know, are, 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 are shitty towards each other and racist. And no, like this was, I mean, this is something that Alan, you know, you know, something, something was percolating, something was bubbling. And, mm. uh, and, you know, he, it's almost like he could see something coming, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so when, when everything kind of hit the fan in 2020 and we realized we had this movie, it was kind of like, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to like see this and be like, holy crap, like how timely. And then there are going to be right. a lot of people who are going to see this movie and they're going to be like, uh, who's the bad guy? Who, like come on like what what's going on like this is ridiculous like what are you trying to say here mm-hmm. and you're like exactly that's mm-hmm. the beauty like, of it is that you don't it, have to make a statement ambiguous can... yeah i love it you know it's because like, it could have been it would have been so easy for us to like to do the foundation thing and then have the hillbilly townsfolk come back and try to kill them too and they're still the bad guys because every movie has a fucking hillbilly that's a bad guy <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, you could have just had, you know, the foundation just, you know, they're just a bunch of pricks and, and, and that's, that's, that's that. But like the, like, like you were saying, like the gray area is kind of where I felt like the challenge lied. That's, that's where the fun came. That's where like, you know, discovering like, well, how does this make you feel? You know what I mean? And it's been really interesting seeing people's reactions to that. You know, so like I said, some people absolutely love that. Like it messes with them because they're just kind of like, they're like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that because it's like, I know those kinds of people, but, but I don't like them, but 
but I understand like that that's not the right thing to do it like and it's just it's so funny like people get torn about it and it's it's great and then you have the people who are just so mad that there's no cannibals that they they literally have posted on my Instagram page like if I see you in the street I will fight you (laughs) (laughs) I was that that's actually what I was going to ask you to do too because like I think for number one piggybacking off what 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 Jane you were talking about the there being a gray area in a movie in 2020 2021 even if it was did come out in 2017 is, is is such a refreshing thing because i you can feel yourself watching a movie and you're watching it and you're going all right what are they really trying to say like which side are they on at what point are they trying to make what kind of political thing are they trying to throw at me i could sense mm-hmm. it coming from a mile away you don't get that with that movie and i didn't even feel myself looking for it in that movie i was just watching it enjoying what was happening but what i wanted to ask you was there was a bunch of people that and I was surprised by it because, hey, kiddo, hi, you got good timing. <laughs> this is speaking of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, <laughs> how's it going? Hey, kiddo. Say hi. 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 <laughs> but, oh, my. <laughs> with, I mean, I saw a bunch of people come out and I was shocked by it because they were like, oh, well, there's no, it, this isn't, and I won't say what it is because spoilers because it's still coming out. It's coming out this week or very soon, I believe, by the way. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, Tuesday. Yeah. And, by the way, Jay and I both recommend the heck out of it uh, for sure. No good. Um, but I saw a bunch of people upset because you know it, it doesn't have this or doesn't have that, and I'm like, if it were me, I'd be like, did you guys really want a Wrong Turn Seven? Did you want another one of these late sequels where it just does the same thing over and over again? If, if, if Jay and I watched all those movies in one single day, and by the end yeah. of it, we wanted to throw ourselves out of a fifth story window, like legitimately. <laughs> and, I, felt, yeah, I felt like Randy from fucking uh, American Idol, like that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I mean, we were done. And, and and the first and second movie were okay, and every movie has its own little parts to it. I'm not trying to poop on those movies, but the fact that you guys did something refreshing and different, like we just loved, I don't think you could have done a wrong turn seven and followed that and had it be any kind of successful story whatsoever. So when people came out and they were like, Oh, I wanted it to be wrong turn. It's not wrong turn at all. This is bull crap. I was shocked. I was going to ask you how you felt about that. Did you expect that? And did that just blow you away too? We, we, we completely expected it to happen. Like, you know, I think from the get go, we had the conversations, you know, I, I remember bringing it up. I was like, so there's there's no there's no can the world knows there's no cannibals in this movie I, believe me there's already people saying like wait i haven't seen this movie there's no cannibals what the hell so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna let it rip there's no cannibals in this movie I, I, you know and, and i can't necessarily apologize for that because that's not the script that I, that I signed up for you know and i think that was part of the things that i was really excited about was we didn't just take the the usual path um Look, I talked to Alan and I talked to Robert uh, Kulzer, who's who's one of the executives at Constantine, and and they were fully aware. They were like, "No, we want to do something different, like straight up." And that was one of the biggest like sells for me. Like, you know, I love the the story, I love the script, but having these two creatives who were so ready to take a risk and do something bold with a franchise, and like do this to a franchise, like nobody's doing this kind of thing to a franchise right now. You know what I mean? Like, ever you know, most franchises are. They, 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 they take the path that, you know, is similar. It's, it's different to a certain extent, you know, because it's a different director, you know, slightly different vision. Um, and, and, and those, you know, sometimes they can, they can work, but, you know, doing something bold and unique like this and, and making that, making a statement and, 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 and going against the grain, um, doing something that was a little bit more challenging that, that wasn't going to necessarily make everybody happy, you know, 
to me, that was, that was a really cool decision. And, um, we were kind of, we we're kind of ready for it. Um, I can't say you can ever be fully ready until you start to get, you know, shit hurled in you, at you. Um, and, 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 you know, just, just, just the tip of the iceberg on that right now. Like I, I can't wait until next week. It's going to be insane. Um, but you know, we also didn't do this movie, you know, in spite of, of those people either. You know what I mean? Like right. ultimately, um, you know, we didn't want to make this movie to make people mad. Like that wasn't the, uh, the idea. The, the idea was to make a good movie. And, you know, we all felt like, you know, wrong turn one through six are what they are. Um, you know, wrong turn one, wrong turn two are, are, are actually cool little movies. Yeah. And, 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 uh, but after six movies, like, why not do something new? You know, it's like you get all these people who complain about, oh, another remake. And it's like, well, okay. What if we do a remake that's not, that's like a remake, but like in a completely new vision? Like not, not, not not even, not any, like other than like wrong turn being like set in Appalachia and, you know, there's hikers or there's, you know, people in the woods. Like to me, Appalachia is the main character of the wrong turn franchise. Like, you know, I, I get the love for three finger and, 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 and the, and the brothers and, you know, one eye and sawtooth. Like I get that love, like they're, they're memorable characters, but to me, wrong turn is about shit going wrong in Appalachia. Yeah. I get that. And, yep. and that's what this was in a, in a completely new way. Um, and so, you know, it's been fun to see the people who get that, you know, and, 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 and literally will like reach out and be like, this was so fresh and unique and, and, and you get it. Like you get, like we wanted something new and you gave it to us. Um, and, but you know, there's still the, the, the people who, who will be like, what happened? Oh my God. Like, I'm so sad. Like, how could you do this? And then there's the ones that are just like, your movie straight up shit, brah. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, throw the brawl in there. Cool. I'm, I'm like, cool, man. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but like, you know, like you almost kind of want to say, you want to be like, Okay, well, cool. Like, I mean, why don't you go out and make Wrong Turn Seven with the uh, with the you, uh, you know with Three Finger? I, I'm I I'd, I'd fully support that. Go for it. Yeah, and you still you know? can. And that's the thing. You still can do that if you want to. If you want to go out and make mm-hmm. that movie, you can. I think of it like the Tremors franchise, too. Like, the Tremors franchise is much in the same way. You can go out and you can make Tremors 12, and there will be a small group of people who watch it on Netflix or the direct DVD, and they'll, and they'll like it. But if you're trying to really bring the franchise back, you can't just keep doing that. So, you know, I was actually really shocked by, by those people's response to it. And not to shit on them or anything like that for that. I understand it, too, but... Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that you weren't surprised because it it blew me away. I thought people would, and I think honestly, when it hits a bigger audience, and I hope I hope this uh, when it hits the, uh, the video on demand and more people can watch it, and people who you're gonna, I think then you're gonna get to the people who just want to watch a scary movie. You know, they mm-hmm. want to watch a good movie and they just turn it on, and they don't just turn it on because it's called Wrong Turn. I think yeah. I really hope that that ter- that swings back around, and I think it might. You know, I, mean, it might. I like. I like how you were talking about the setting. It, it almost like reminds me of like in if you watch a movie like The Shining, like the Overlook Hotel is the actual character, one of the main characters in the film that a lot of people overlook. I mean, yes, Jack Torrance, his descent into madness is part of it, and it's the classic part of it. But the setting, like the setting, is what draws you in, and like the atmosphere that it builds. And you're talking about Appalachian being that character that, that that's always present in the background like some static image like really sets it the tone for it man i gotta be honest when i was like when i was like oh we got the wrong turn remake i'm like 
oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that was the first thought and then i was watching it and as as i like as it developed and as the story started being unfurled and i'm like holy shit i like i was watching with my girlfriend i looked over I'm like dude this is crazy good <laughs> i was like they're they're going like I, I i could see all the things that you were utilizing and it was like incredibly insane like the little intricacies that you're putting in the film and i could see it and it was awesome uh and that that's one of the things like you come from the wrong turn original film and then you come here to the remake and it's like it's such a, a like a it's the same movie but it's it's so different and like do it you know props to you bro like you really did a good job with this film and i don't know about a guy saying you know fuck you bro like i would say kudos to you bro there's gonna be a whole lot more of those uh in, in the in the next coming weeks oh, but I, you know it's it is what it is you know we 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 knew what we were getting into and um and again, like we weren't making a movie to, to it's, that's not what we were, we were not intending to go and piss people off. Like that wasn't, that yeah. wasn't the idea. The idea was just to make a good um, original movie, you know? Yeah. And I, we just didn't feel like making an original movie with three characters that, you know, were, you know, inbred and deformed again, that wasn't original, you know? Right. And, and, and so we, we, we moved on. And to be fair to you guys, I feel like the first half of that movie, and for anybody watching this right now who hasn't watched the movie yet, uh, who does want some of the old wrong turn stuff in there, I feel like the first half of the movie still had, it still had the, the a lot of, the, when you don't know exactly what's going on yet, it right. still had those same vibes. I was still scared. I was scared of those people in the woods. When shit happened, it happened. And like the gore effects and the stuff you guys did, it Damn. was legit. I watched it with my 11 year old and don't worry. She watches lots of horror movies with me, but like, there's a couple scenes where we were like, Oh Jesus. No. What the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the effects, the way you guys did it, I felt like, and you know, those people who wanted a wrong turn seven with three finger and stuff like that, I understand where they're coming from. But for me, you guys took the good stuff about wrong turn. And even if they don't like the second half of the movie, which I did, you guys took the, the good stuff of the first wrong turn movie and you put it into today's uh, practical effects. Uh, just really like legit looking shit, man. And I, I thought it was fantastic. Amazing. Oh, I mean, thank, thank you so much like that. And that's, that's what we were trying to do. You know, we were just trying to, to, we're really trying to just ground it in in the world now and you know make it feel real and um you know and, and, and tell the story like that's that's really what it came down it, to uh, that that trunk scene holy shit sure. when when that when that was revealed i'm like god damn like, like, it looked good as shit though but i was like holy shit I'm glad I didn't have SpaghettiOs or anything like that because that would have been like all over my computer. But holy shit, that was a good scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I, like, I know this is off subject a little bit about Wrong Turn, but I like I want to ask you. You're a director, so I, I just want to throw this out to you. Um, we'll get back to Wrong Turn for sure, but I'm just going to yeah. ask. Okay, so Friday the Thirteenth, yep. Nightmare on Elm Street, or <laughs> Pumpkinhead. If you had your pick, which out of those three? do you feel that you would be the best uh, suited for out of those three? Or what would you rather do out of the, like Pumpkinhead, Nightmare on Elm Street, or Friday the 13th? Where do you want to go? Give me Pumpkinhead any day. Dude, <laughs> fuck yes. I like that. And, and, I like and, that. And, and, here, and here's the thing. Like, I, you know, I, I've had dreams of, um, this is weird because I never, ever, ever in a billion years ever thought I would be, 
making a wrong turn movie. Like, yeah. let's just—I I have to put that out there. Like, never ever in my in 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 any universe that I think that I'd be remaking Wrong Turn or, <laughs> or reimagining or whatever. Um, I have had dreams though where I have remade, uh, like, or, or I've been working on a remake of 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 Nightmare on Elm Street or working on a, or 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 figuring out how to do a a a, a, re, a remake of uh, of Friday the Thirteenth. Um, like those, those things, like they do, they like, they seep in and, and I think about those things and, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I feel like you could have a lot of fun with. You could, but I feel like, you know, like with the, like with the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, remake and, and the Friday the 13th remake, I, again, like, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that you have to go in and, and pull a wrong turn. We'll, we'll say like with those yeah. movies, like, it's not like, you know, you make Nightmare on Elm Street without Freddy Krueger, like that, that's that's preposterous. You know what I mean? Like that's Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger. Uh, Friday the 13th is, is, is Jason. Um, but you know, I think what, I think the remakes and, and I think we, we were in this zone where the remakes played it so safe, so, so close to the, so close to the chest. Like, you know, we can't screw this up. We have to give everybody exactly what they want, you know, nothing, you know, super unique and fresh. And I think, I think, you know, I mean, at least I hope that, you know, if those properties ever get uh, reborn again, that, you know, somebody, you know, grabs onto them and really does something um, really interesting. Like, you know, mm -hmm. something that, that subverts some sort of thing that you feel like you know, you know, what that story is, but like it, it, it flips it on its head somehow because that's what's so surprising when you watch one of these movies. And yes, mm -hmm. you can go in and feel satisfied, but why feel satisfied when you can be fucking ecstatic? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's satisfaction is just seeing what you're used to. Like, I, I, I'm over being satisfied. Like, I want to see something, you know, unique. You look at something, and I think people forget that, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing was highly smashed and beaten to a pulp when yep. it came out. Because, yep. oh, this, if this is supposed to be like a remake of The Thing from another world. Like, that movie was a classic. They're just making this terrible, gory, you know, he's a he's an exhibitionist like he's just he's just doing gore for gore's sake and it's just awful oh terrible <laughs> terrible ishy yeah. stuff yeah and what is one of the most groundbreaking horror movies that if you say like what's one of the what's one of your favorite horror movies of all time what is the movie that like 70 percent of people are going to say it's john carpenter's thing it's yeah. insane you know what i mean like it's insane how many people are, are like like that movie Change, I mean, it, it changed my brain like, when I first saw it. You know what I mean? And yeah. and to and to to realize that like that being like a remake or a reimagining from a director who had a vision that wanted to do this thing and made it so unique and so different, and it has it has it has stayed the test of time. I think with Freddie and Jason, I think those need something like that. I think those need some sort of a you know, a, 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 a brand new fountain, you know what I mean? To, to, yep. to, to resurge uh, life in them. Pumpkinhead um, to me is something that, you know, it's this weird dingy little property that like has its strange little niche, uh, niche of fans. Um, much, much like wrong turn in a way um, yeah. that, that has this really fun lore to it. And um, 
you know, I think that the sequels, you know, unfortunately fail miserably. Yeah, they did. And um, the first, and the, even the first movie is not perfect, but there's there's a weird charm to it. There's a real vision. There's a real unique stylistic stamp to it that um, I can't really put another. I can't put another movie. I can't point in another movie and say, oh, that's like Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead's kind of on its own. Yeah, it really is. And yep. and and that's what was so unique about it. And um, that's one that I, I know that the property is all tied up. I, it's not like it's not Friday the Thirteenth tied up, but you know, Pumpkinhead's tied up with some with some producers and 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 directors and some writers right now. That like I try, I try, I tried, I went for it. At one point, <laughs> at one point, I was pitching like I I pitched I I put out like four uh, ideas to uh, uh, James Wan's company, the guys at Atomic Monster. Like, cause I, when I said I wanted to, I loved to, to try taking a stab at Pumpkinhead. They were like, send us some ideas. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And <laughs> so I tip. sent them. It's the tip. Yeah, I know, I know. Just, you know, you know, JTT, right? Um, and, and I was like, oh my gosh. So I sent them these ideas and I remember them getting back to me. They're like, well, these are, these are actually really cool. And then I heard back from them again, like, yeah. So we just found out that this is all tied up with another producer who, like the owner of it, like, and all anyway, it didn't yeah. matter. Like, and then, you know, then you, then you go to Orion, which I think it's, well, it's an MGM release. Yeah. And so like Orion, you know, you go to Orion, which was, you know, they released domestics and I'm like, Hey guys, like what's going on? Like, I would love to try to, to do something with this. Like, I think I could bring something really unique to this. And they're like, they tell me the same thing. Yeah. We would love to do something too, but like, there was already the producers who own it and are like, they, they have the property already and they already pitched to us and we passed on. I'm just like, Oh my God. Damn. So it's, it's, it's very possible well, that we don't see that anytime soon. And it's, it's a shame because it I really think is, you yeah. could, because it's just, it, it's the, you know, it's the, the fantasy element to it and, yeah. and the legend and the lore. And it's a giant fucking creature monster that like, it's so cool. I know. Like, <laughs> It's just, and Sam Winston just, worked on the. I know, effect, like, I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> it would fucking like, rip, dude. It would rip if it came out today. There's no doubt about oh that. Oh my god, I would love. And you would be. I would. I would fucking put you up there for it, man. Like holy shit, like what you did with Wrong Turn and putting you in front of a Pumpkinhead project. Yes, please. Can and, I well, and, and you know what the joke would be? Oh yeah, he's gonna do Pumpkinhead, but there's gonna be no Pumpkinhead. <laughs> There's not going to be any pumpkin pie. Yeah, and 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 then and I and I can I can tell you right now, the reason you make a pumpkinhead movie is literally because of pumpkinhead. So let's, yes, exactly. let's, we we have to we have to we have to lay down the ground rules here yeah. and and say that. But I love that question, and I love that it's like Freddie, Jason. Or pumpkinhead. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> that was my curveball. I was like, I, I know you're gonna pick that. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out I just, splitterly. I, I, I honestly feel like it's it's the one property that like it it, it feels like it, it could it could benefit the most. You know, right. the other ones yeah, are yeah. all Freddy. Like the, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, or at least let's just say the the first movie. It's a great movie. You yeah. know, it doesn't. You don't have to remake that. It's mm-hmm. it's it's already kind of its own thing. It's already great. Right. You know, the Friday the 13th movies will say, you know, part one through gosh, well, there's there's even the ones in between that are really that are good. I'm I'm a part four guy like I love final chapter to me. Final chapter is like the it's like so damn classic. Like it's, it's just like the, the it, you know, the, the machete chop in the head and the, and the beating him with a hammer and sticking the thing in his neck and like like the the, the shadow with the harpoon kill it like 
there's just there to me that was like the pinnacle jason film it, it probably doesn't help that it was the one that i saw the most of when i was a young person so like that's <laughs> what i associate jason with but like that one to me um is always so great but you know those movies have such a presence to them um as you know great or as poorly done as they are and 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 so redoing it it's kind of like that's fine but that's where like you know jason could really use use another revamp too i i don't know well you know like you 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 got you're on point man like it it feels like Pumpkinhead is always overlooked like it it never like really gets the respect that it deserves in a lot of ways and it's like like dude that's a great fucking film in a lot of ways it's, like, it's beautiful to watch too yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's just visually it's awesome yeah and you're right man like the high fantasy horror element to it like it's almost like a pan's labyrinth you know mixed in with like like a lot more horror than uh, uh gamora del toro wanted like i don't know i love it man but yeah you would be the guy like you'd be like you get it like you watch would understand. the shit out of that dude i'd watch the shit yeah, and plus so you fun. have the hat like everybody fucking loves and like halloween's a big deal now like you release that picture yeah. on halloween and you just you lay that that halloween atmosphere over top but, of it oh my god you know what you know what it is i don't know if it's because we're from kentucky but there are fucking places. It's like, hey man, you go down that road, you're gonna find a witch woman. She's gonna tell shit. you a lot of things, man. She's gonna tell you a lot of things. You can't <laughs> look her in the eye when she tells you that you gotta go down to the store and get like one kind of fucking apple seed. But don't you worry. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like a bunch of bored kids on bikes, like, we're gonna go, yeah, dude. We're gonna go yeah, find yeah. that old yeah, chick. Oh my god, it's so good, man. God, so I good. love that. So good, I yeah. mean, they're just yeah, that that lower is so good. God. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. Someday, man. You know, you can't put it off the table. Who knows? Ten years from now. You know, is that, is, that, so. is that my next ten-year goal? You know, hey. make the next Pumpkinhead movie? I don't know. You said it yourself, be dude. Fun. You didn't think you'd be doing Wrong Turn. Maybe, maybe, maybe ten years from now you're doing Pumpkinhead. But in between that, in between that, though, do you, do you guys, do you have anything lined up for after Wrong Turn after this comes out? Is there anything you're working on that you can actually talk about? I know there's a lot of stuff you probably can't, but. Uh, you know, I mean, look, reading a bunch, you know, getting you know like much like how i got wrong turn you know just getting scripts you know sent and and, and reading stuff and i i love i like i can't tell you how excited i get when like i open my email box like you know mid-afternoon and uh it's my it's my agent or my manager like sending a script i'm just like oh my gosh what's this one about because you know like well it's great is i mean they get me they they understand my brain you know and and sure there's a couple stinkers in there but like they 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 get the they get the vibe and so I'm always like super excited to get uh, to get new material, and yeah, there's a couple there's a couple interesting things that that I've read recently, and and uh, and that that I you know are are possibilities. One that's kind of this it feels like it could have been like a Charles Bronson movie. Oh uh, shit! Um, you know, back like back in the day, you know, like a Mr. Majestic, but like you know, way more hyper violent. Um, which is super cool. And then um, um, I, I really like, you know, going to Pumpkinhead, like I, I, at some point, I really want to try to figure out a way to like, I'd love to make a creature film, um, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know what that is. Like, you know, one of the big goals I would love, like, I think, you know, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World kind of has like the, um, the monopoly on dinosaurs, but like, I want to like, I want to do a dinosaur movie that like, I want to, okay, so there, there's a comic book called, uh, 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 Xenozoic, uh, Xenozoic Tales, yeah. and it's literally. And then they 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 published a um, uh, an excerpt of a bunch of stories called um, um, uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, oh, shit. and it's literally like 
an alternate reality future where nothing progressed from since the 50s and it's like cool 50s cars and fucking dinosaurs <laughs> and, yeah. and to I'm me <laughs> like like to me i'm just like damn that's cool and like mm. you know i feel like you know we're, we've been in the like the the theme park dinosaur world for for so long now it's like i just I, I get so excited by trying like to to explore all these new kind of you know zany concepts and like yeah to have like this movie like i i had this movie like uh that was kind of a play off of this um this old movie called valley of Gwangi, which was basically a western with a dinosaur where these these cowboys find a dinosaur they find like an a fucking allosaurus out in the desert and they like they like reel it in and they like rope it like a like a freaking horse and they like they like pull it into like a like a circus and like it yeah. goes crazy and it starts eating people I and to it. me it was it was like i was like man like how cool would it be to like to do like a, a, a like a, like a, a modern or or even like not even a modern but like I thought the coolest the cool idea would be like to do like a um, you'd set it in the fifties with a bunch of hot rodders that like go to these salt flats but that are all like cordoned off but yeah. like you know they break into like this area to, so because it's like this just it's just miles of like so they can just they can race for like three fucking miles straight you know and do like a three mile race like 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 straight away. But like, you know, people that go in there don't come back, you know what I mean? And, and they know the danger, but and they don't know why. But it's literally like it's a damn Allosaurus living out in the desert that like <laughs> has been like in the cave. And it's all about, you know, the movie's all about this flag girl that like, you know, she's also a mechanic and like you know, her boyfriend goes missing. And so they go out there and she takes this ragtag group of like mechanics and their hot rods and they go up there and it's this fucking dinosaur chasing a hot rod. Fuck, <laughs> it's so cool, man. Dude, you know, it's I like, just, I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's badass, dude. Like that's like that's legit. <laughs> All I'm imagining is someone like at a barren wasteland, and like you're yeah. fucking racing cars. Like, yeah, we're racing cars. It's a car race movie, and then a fucking dinosaur pops out of left. You're like, what the fucking smoke monster <laughs> like, lost I, bullshit is going on here? So yeah, fucking. I, I feel dinosaur. like we got a prequel, like Savage Dragon. Like immediately go into like <laughs> Savage fucking Dragon. Like that would be cool as shit. So you have no qualms with 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 staying in the post apocalyptic wild world setting. That, that I, I I love that kind of stuff. Awesome. I love I think I think you know there's there's like it's like the uh, the no rules yet rules kind of thing where where you know as long as you feel like kind of like all bets are off, you know you can create your own rules within that. Right. I think that's that's such a cool thing. Um, but anyway, I, I love going back to, to what I was talking about. Like you know I, I'd love to, to to break into to the to to making some sort of a creature flick, and so I just I just got one across. I just got one through my email the other day and. And it was pretty run of the mill, but like it had, it has the potential to do something like super like crazy, you know, it's, it's pretty B, but at the same time, like if you were able to like subvert and do something like, you know, I, there's some ideas that are floating around and I can't wait to get, I, it would be really cool if we were able to, to accomplish it. But um, other than that, a couple scripts that I'm writing myself, you know, always doing uh I was doing my own uh, own writing and and uh, you know have the uh, the um, the spec scripts and um, have one of them right now that's a it's a UFO chase. Um, no, I love that. Su super inspired by like you know Fire in the Sky, which is you know, oh, one of my shit. Oh, all time. My God. Growing up, like it, it, it literally changed me as a person. Dude, <laughs> like, preach to the church. I would not walk by windows in my suburban house <laughs> after watching Fire in the Sky on oh, HBO. Yeah, I would duck down, and if I had yep. to take the trash out, I fucking booked it back to the house. Hey, dude, dude, yep. that movie. Uh, 
we were at a we were at a scare fest, man, and we we got a, a you know the honor to give a a, a quick interview with Travis. Our first Travis. ever interview was him. Yeah, dude, and that guy yeah. fucking scared like dude, like, <laughs> like he scared me because like that guy seen some shit. Like I was talking to him, <laughs> and he was telling us what like you know what the idea like what the aliens were like doing and all this stuff. I'm like holy shit. Like, I don't know how nobody believed this dude because this guy is telling the fucking truth. I fucking believe him, dude. <laughs> like, it was legit, dude. I'm like, holy wow. shit. Yeah, man. And oh, that's uh, like, so I, cool. We actually went back and got a poster from him and because uh, I felt bad. I was like, I'll buy a poster from you, man. And he, he signed it. He's like, Mike and Jay, trust me, stay in the truck. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. I got it. It's in my closet right now, dude. It's literally it, it in my fucking so closet. Cool. I, it was yeah, oh. he's a he's a like man, like I don't know. That's a crazy fucking movie, man. That's yeah, a dude. great yeah. Man, a- anyway, so yeah, I mean th- that was one of them. And then then the other one I'm doing, I I've, I've always wanted to do like a Chris like a Christmas uh holiday horror. And so I'm doing one that's that's very it's like uh if you take like the original Black Christmas sort of mix some dna from halloween and then give it a slight supernatural twist Ooh. that's that's what i'm trying to do with this, this other that. one so i'd be into good. that there's not enough there's not enough of those and i know i know that we have to let you go soon because i just looked down at the time and i was like holy shit we've been talking about oh, dude, dudes you're off for forever I, I, you know there's i i got i got nothing else to do but go to bed so <laughs> okay, cool, I, speaking of what you just said about halloween i gotta ask you this and please chat please go watch the domestics because i watched it again today uh, just in it's preparation really for this interview, man. Uh, the second time I watched it, um, I can't think of the dude's name off off the top of my head. Hang on, I got it here. I got notes. I'm like fancy like that and shit. Um, uh, what's the act? The actor's awesome. He was in the guest. Uh, what was it? What was it? Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. That's who it was. So <laughs> you got like a quiet place comes out, right? And a quiet place is kind of you know the story with that. And now they're like, oh, there's a whole universe around this. Then we're gonna do this movie. We're gonna do this movie. And I was watching the domestics, thinking, fuck, man, there's so many different. If you go prequel or in the future or talk about this gang or that gang, like when you wrote that and you wrote that one yourself. When I was thinking about his character, I was like, oh my god, you know what would in my mind what would be the coolest fucking movie ever would be a, a cannibal story about him. Because, you know, spoiler alert, he ends up being a cannibal just out of necessity. But he he goes from, like, the most charismatic, nice guy ever to, like, I fucking eat people. And you're going to fucking eat people with me, like god damn shit. it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I would love to see a movie, a, like, a side story about his character who's, like, he, go, he goes home to his wife and kid and he's all, like, the nicest guy ever. And then he stalks a family like fucking Michael Myers in their, like, house right before the apocalypse or right when that shit's going on. And he's just trying to eat them. To me, that would be the coolest fucking movie ever. It's not really a question. I just had to can, say that can, out loud. Can like, Can you imagine though, like how? I mean, you have a you you have a movie, or or let's even say like a like a like a series, or you know, or you know, limited series or, or an episodic show, where your character is Lance Reddick. Like you know, he's he you know he, he's he's Nathan Wood. He's this guy who like every you know he's your dad. He's, you know, your neighbor, like he's just that normal guy, but he does this thing. He does this, like, like you said, this very, like almost Michael Myers stock thing where like you're with his family, he's doing this, he's protecting them from like pillagers and rapists and fucking whatever. And then he suddenly just like stocks these people that are very easy to get that he can take and cook and feed to his family. Like (laughs) That's awesome. That's what I'm saying. That's a super like, cool idea. <laughs> I yes. love that. Fuck yes. <laughs> I just thought yeah, about it in great. my in my you know living room today, and I was like, 
I'm probably not going to get the chance to talk about that, but I'm I'm no, feeling pretty fucking great right now. You thought about it, or you thought about doing it? <laughs> both. It is snowing like, outside. I'm getting hungry. I can't go to Kroger. Dude, that's that's freaking great. <laughs> well, what's cool about the domestics was, you know, again, it was originally supposed to be some. It was kind of a series originally, and you know, it turned into a feature. And you know, the 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 guy, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the producer uh, Gianni, who at Hollywood Gang, he he literally he like talked to me this was probably two months ago he spoke to me and he said mike i want you to think about what you could do for a domestic like a tv show and i was like okay and so again i can't promise anything because you know there's there's a thousand freaking ideas going around for tv shows and you know this is just one of those but you know the fact that you know you know there's a producer and, and, and close friend of mine who's, who has the power to like push something like this. That's something that we are, like I said, I can't promise it, but it's something that we are like genuinely like searching for um, uh, the right, uh, the right Avenue. And, and, and I have some ideas. It's and, built for it, man. It's built and, for it. It really is. There's so many characters. There's, it's a, there's a world. It's a, there's a whole world and it's, it's a zany, pulpy culty kind of world and i think that that's what what makes it so unique you know it's not it's not as cutting it's not as like you know it's not walking dead you know humans are worse than the zombies like that's it's very that that's a very like this is that you know right in in, you know it's quiet places you know is is you know alien monsters you know taking you know people and then you know people dealing with that this is just like again it's it's this throwback to uh, to all the things that we love about you know what post apocalyptic movies are and and, yep. and and putting that into one one complete world and and what and, and, and then following the characters that like have to like maneuver <laughs> like the normal ass people like yeah. you and me that just have to like deal with that shit. <laughs> Yeah, the guy's got Dude, the bitchy I, I wife. It, it's like, God damn it. Like, like, it's such a sick attraction for me, too, because, like, I'll watch The Road with Vigo Mortensen, and I'll watch Legend, and I'll watch, like, The Book of Eli. I'm like, these fucking films are great dude like i love that shit like i love like that post-apocalyptic world like how are we as humans surviving yeah it's it's a weird kind of uh attraction to that but yeah man 100 like that would be fucking amazing if that gets made into a television series i'd watch the sure. shit out of it dude I it really would be would. fun it'd be fun so i mean again you know you never know um you just you, you go with uh you go with what the next with the next next project that that kind of drops in your lap you know much like a much like a wrong turn um and you just kind of run with it but uh you know you always got to keep fighting for things like this because you just you just never know hey mike i gotta ask are you a cavaliers fan (laughs) (laughs) so okay i I don't want to get too 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 big into this but like um before covid uh every christmas i would uh get uh my brother lives 20 minutes from me but we don't hang out nearly enough uh, so every Christmas I would get like, you know, tickets to go to a game and we don't give a shit about sports. Like we <laughs> right. could, we could care less. Um, and, uh, but we we're like, you know what, but it's fun. You, know, you go to a game, you drink a bunch of beer. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so for years, like I would just, I'd, I'd go and I'd get tickets for, for any kind of game, basketball, hockey, baseball, whatever. And whenever we'd go, I would always get a hat or the shirt 
of because we're going here in Minnesota, so it's whatever. It's the Twins. It's 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 the right. the Wolves. It's it's the the Wild. But I would never get that shit. I would always get the opposing team, and so we would always wear the opposing team's <laughs> yeah. gear. I get you. Yeah, and and go to the game like dressed as like in this case Cavaliers fans because I was like, well shit, we should probably go and and see you know, uh, you know see 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 the Cavs play. I mean that's that's kind of a cool thing. Um, uh, and so we did, and you know I don't think we watched any of the game. I think we just sat and talked and drank up in the nosebleed seats. But yeah. um, but that's but I love this hat, and I love yeah, cool. the Cavaliers logo is like one of my favorite, like this old school, the like old school uh, ones. Too. Uh, I love it. Dude. I, like nineties low or eighties nineties logo was like I remember this when I collected basketball cards. So like that's why go. I got this hat, and I love the colors. So I'm like fucking, I'm gonna wear it. So when people ask me, I'm like. No, I don't care about the Cavaliers. I just like that. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I like the embossed thing. I was like, look, yeah. at it. I want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, hey, man, do you care if we go to some questions from the chat before we let you go? Because I, I know yeah, that let's do it. I've been ignoring them. But uh, Eric Burke, thanks, buddy. He says, uh, is this his favorite movie he has directed? I'm guessing he's saying wrong turn and why. I mean, I've only done two. I mean, if he's talking features, you know, I've, I've only done two. Um, and they're both so different. And, and here's why, like, here's why I can't necessarily say like one is, is, is my favorite over the other. And I feel like I'll have a favorite if I ever get to like movie number five, like, let's just say I get to movie number five and, 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 and that, again, fingers crossed. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think you will. I think you'll be all right. The, the domestics, sure. the domestics I wrote and directed. And so that has a completely different feel and a place like, in my heart um, than Wrong Turn does because Wrong Turn, you know, so somebody else's script, somebody else's story that, you know, I was, you know, that I, that I adapted to, to, to screen. Um, but that brought along with it a completely other array of feelings that I had never experienced. Like, I had never really, I, I mean, other than doing some of the, the, the sitcom-y stuff that I had done um, from some of the writers for that show that I did, like I'd never directed a film, like a film from somebody else's script before. This was my, this was the first time. And so it felt very different. Um, there was, uh, doing Wrong Turn, there was um, a strange feeling of release. And like um, with Domestics, I felt like I was very attached to all the content and very, like you're writing it, so you're envisioning it. And when you're there shooting it, you're like, shit, this doesn't look like how I envisioned it. How the hell am I going to make this look like how I envisioned it? And you eventually have to get over it and just do the best you can with what you have. Because that's, you know, I mean, it's a $10 million movie, but let's be honest, that's still pretty low budget for like, right. you know, you, you, you're not you're not dealing with $100 million where it's like, I want to go over there. Yeah. Okay. You know, no. It's a you sprawling have, film too. <laughs> like it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. You have this house. This is the house. I know this house doesn't look like what you had in the short film but you have to make this house work. Okay, okay. Oh, by the way, also, um, I know your film takes place in Wisconsin, but you have to shoot it down in Louisiana. Oh my God, okay, yep, yep. Otherwise we're not making it. Okay, okay, right. yep, yep. You know, so I mean, look, you know, The Domestics has, will always have a place in my heart as being the movie that like, you know, gave me my chance to, to make a, a, a big feature film with a studio. Like, holy shit, like I can never, I'll never be able to forget that. Like that's, a, that's an experience that, will live on with me forever. Um, but, you know, Wrong Turn was, again, such a release from, from feeling like, oh my God, if I don't do this right, 
I'm going to I'm going I'm going to be worthless. Like Wrong Turn was, it allowed me to to explore things and do things with actors and story and 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 I got to work with my longtime collaborator friend Nick Junkersfeld, who 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 had shot so many of my short films. Here he got to come out and shoot the feature with me. Like it was a whole different bunch of like you know cozy feels, you know that that and so I can't really say you know if it, they're both so different and they both are so, such wonderful experiences. And so it, it's really hard to say which one was my favorite, but I do feel like down the road, I, I will have one. I just, I don't have a favorite right now because they're so different. I can get what you're saying there, man. It kind of feels like you're in one way, in one movie, you're in charge of everything and everything's on you. And then the other movie, you kind of get to play in somebody else's sandbox and be a little creative. Yeah, like, yeah. I, t- I could totally see what that would be like, writing from somebody else's script. Did you have much like interaction with Alan uh, when, when you guys were doing it? Because I know it's got to be kind of weird, too, for the first time, be like, okay, now I've got somebody else's script, and I know how gung-ho and attached to my script I was. Like, I don't want to fuck with their script. And then, yeah. you know, was there much interaction with you guys? Or there was, there was uh, See, as a writer, there was always this level of respect. Um, if I was going to change something... Um, I always made sure I ran it by him. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, I, I think I think he was always okay with it, like 100% of the time if I made a change. He was like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, but, you know, even when I, I did a polish on the script um, and, you know, did some rewriting on it at one point, like, you know, I didn't just take the script from him and just be like, no, 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 I'm going to go do this and whatever I say goes. No, I was just like, listen, I want to do this, but I want to do this with you. I'm going to, I want to do this, 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 and this. And then he was like, Mike, 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 you know, can I, can I like, I'd love to be able to go in and like, you know, and, and, and mess with this. I'm like, dude, it's your script. Like, this is, we're in this together, you know, like, I want to, I want to do, I want to work with you on this. Like, I don't want to take this from you. I would hate it as a writer if, if, uh, if uh, somebody was just like, yeah, sorry, man, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my thing now. Like, oh, yeah. like how terrible if, would that be? If, if they like uh, Stanley Kubrick you like from the Stephen King thing, they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I can't yeah. do that. And I feel like there's, there's so much imagination in, uh, that can be found in collaboration. So, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. So working with Alan, uh, you know, definitely got the script to where it needed to be, um, you know, before we started shooting. And then, you know, there were like, I think two or three times when we were shooting where there needed to be like a quick rewrite. And, um, you know, I think there was a couple times where we just, we just did it on the fly on set. And then there was a couple times where I was like, I'm going to text Alan. I remember texting him and he was like in the Star Trek writer's room, like working, <laughs> working on discovery. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, shit, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm in, the, I'm in the writer's room. Like, can I call you in five minutes? I'm like, no, no, no. We are literally shooting this scene in like 10 minutes. I kind of need to, I need to know, like, like there, there's a, there's a real issue, like with this moment, like it doesn't make sense. And the actors yeah. are calling it out. Like, and I need I need your input on this because Shit like bricks. I can go and just like I can go like fuck around with it, but like I would love your input. Yeah. And so he'd be like, okay, okay, okay. And like he would like I don't know if he would step out. Like I'm I'm envisioning this in my head, like what he's doing. Does he step out? Does he like you know I have to go to the bathroom and like he's like and he literally texts me the the what he wants him to say on on the page. And I'm like, okay, this is what he wants you to say. So we write it out. We give it to the actor. And, you know. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I imagine that he's at the at the table going like this. Shit. <laughs> Shit. What were you saying about 
Captain Picard. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's cool, though, man. That that's really yeah. cool. Uh, it comes across, though. I mean, it, it does come across in the movie too. And I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure when we were interviewing Alan, he said something to the effect of, you know, Wrong Turns, another one of those movies that a lot of what he wrote made it to the screen, and he was proud of that. I can't remember yeah. exactly what he said about it, but he seemed to love a lot what you did as well. So that's 100%. good to hear, man. Yeah, and and he's right. Like, I mean, you know. Ultimately, the, the things that changed were, you know, we we you know, we we, we took out a little uh, some of the like the little more heavy handed stuff that, you know, the little a little bit more of the some of the preachier stuff that was kind of like, you know, a little bit more in your face. We just we skimmed a little bit of that out. Um, and then there was just some budgetary stuff that honestly, like, you know, with our budget, which was seven million, like we wouldn't have been able to do, you know, so it was like, OK. Yeah how can we make, you know, how can we make the last, the third act actually achievable? Um, you know, I think there was one draft where it was like literally like a giant, like game of Thrones battle on horses. Like it was insane. <laughs> shit, shit. And, and like, you know, and Jess and, and her dad, Jen and her dad are like, <clears throat> are like trying to make it down the mountain. She's shooting people and Venable has a giant sickle and he's like cutting people's heads off. I mean, it's, I mean, it was, it was insane. It was super epic, but you know, you know, I'm happy like that we were able to, it's one of those things where like when the budget can actually like, you know, help a movie find its tone better. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like, you know, losing some of that, like found it, the movie found a, a much stronger voice and, you know, it, it, it stayed, it stayed a horror thriller. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, Alan, Alan wrote that, that scene at the dinner table, you know, that, that was a, that was a scene where I, you know, I talked, I, I pitched a scene like that to producers and they loved it. And I pitched it to Alan. I'm like, Alan, I'd love to see a scene, like a super tense scene where they're just talking back and forth and you don't know who's going to make the first move. And he goes, I have an idea. And I was like, <laughs> go for it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because that was how, what we were trying to do. Cause like, I always love when movies can like take it from one location to like a safe location. You think, okay, everything's going to be great. And then, you know, it, it, it's not. And, you know, you, what, what's the safest place in the world? The suburbs. Ah, uh, hell no. No, it's definitely no, I mean, not. That's, um, that's it, man. Yeah, that's and, exactly the end of that film. The way that you're talking about it. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude. And and so, and so yeah. you know, getting his pages on that, it was just like that, that tension. And of course, Bill and, and Charlotte just killing it. And, and, um, um, but, but, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and it was fun. And, you know, and then the, and then the, the ending during, during like the, the, we'll call it the credit roll and everything like that. Like that was something that, you know, he was totally, he was totally all on board for the, for, for doing something crazy like that. And I, that's, that's why it was so great to work with Alan was like, you know, we could throw him some crazy curveballs, and he was like, and he knew if it was the movie, you know what I mean? And he was like, that is cool, you know? And, and, and so we had a lot of fun. That's cool, man. I, I honestly, I noticed that I noticed that as kind of a theme through your two movies was, um, a suburbia thing and not not just that but for me just being a fucking weirdo when i'm driving on the interstate sometimes i'll just like i'll be in a traffic jam and i'll look outside and i'll be like man what would it look like if a giant monster just like came over and just like fuck shit up right here did i do the same thing it's weird so right awesome. it makes me feel fucked up <laughs> it really does but the scene of the domestics when the planes are coming over the school and the kids nose starts bleeding i that's what i thought of literally today when i was watching i was like fuck i think about that kind of shit all the time dude <laughs> and then like and the suburbia stuff where they're like taking over i'm like yeah because like suburbia seems like it's supposed to be the safest place ever and then when weird shit comes into suburbia it has this weird artifact that like i don't i don't know what kind of like feeling it provokes but it's something 
You know what I mean? Like that shit's not supposed to be here, damn it. You know? Well, I mean I mean you can you can say that that you know Halloween is is the movie that that completely changed the way that people saw suburbia, you know, when it came out in the 70s. Like that was that was one of the the the, the things that, you know, John Carpenter was saying was like, you know, I mean, you have Laurie Strode like running from house uh to house screaming, "Let me in, help me." And people aren't opening the door. Uh, oh, it's a crazy young person, you know. Yeah. Young people's voices uh, in in that environment are being squashed, you know. And it's just like, like, it, it, it suburbia is it can be a terrifying place, you know. There, what is going on behind all those fucking closed doors? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. Like the people on the stairs, like John Carpenter, like a hundred percent, like a hundred percent. Yeah. For some reason, my brain went to Erie, Indiana, when she had all those people oh. in the fucking sandwich tins. You remember <laughs> they were selling the shit. Anyway, Mike White says, "Love you guys. This is amazing." That was like hours ago, but Mike White just had to throw that. In. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> Derek Nangle says, "Hey, fellas. Question for Mister Nelson: If the rights change, would you ever consider directing or writing a new Jeepers Creepers?" That's. Ooh. Wow. Uh, that's an interesting one. That is an interesting <laughs> one. I mean, I, I, I can't, I couldn't say, I mean, I, I can't say no. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess the thing is, is like, you know, you would have to, you would have to, there would have to be a script. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like wrong turn. It's like, if I would have gotten a wrong turn and it would have, it would have felt like, you know, wrong turn seven in the lineup of all the other wrong turns. Yeah. You know, I probably would have said no. You know what I mean? Like if it was just doing the same thing. Um, but I mean, if, 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 you know, somebody had a cool idea and, you know, wrote a, a, a new take on the Jeepers Creepers, you know, lore, and it was awesome. Yeah. I, absolutely. I would, first of all, I would love to read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, if, this, if that script was awesome, like, hell yeah. I, I would love to take on something like that. That'd I'd be right on, and I'd love to see somebody else take control of that too. So it can and just be free of really all the shit. With it for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Mike White Jr. again says, ask Mike what he thinks of 2018 Halloween and what he thinks of kills. Oh boy. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, obviously I'm super excited for, for kills. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the new Halloween was, I think it honestly, it was kind of like, it was what I was expecting it to be like it, it and, and, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, I remember walking out of the theater and, and this might not be the, the, the popular opinion, but I remember walking out being like, Whoa, they did a really freaking good job at like, you know, starting this over again and like continuing the story. Like what a cool idea. Um, but like, it was weird. Like as days went on, like I started like, like uh, for some reason I started like, I started liking it less and less and I have to revisit, I have to watch it again before kills comes out. Um, I've heard some really amazing things about kills and obviously I've been listening to you guys talk about it and, and, uh, and, you know, it sounds like, you know, they're, they're really, you know, stepping it up, taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, look, like I mean, <laughs> there were, there were some scenes in that thing that were straight up awesome. Like, I mean, I think one of the, to me, one of the, the best moments in that was, was the, uh, the, um, the motion lights. <laughs> oh yeah. The, oh, the yeah, fucking floodlights that came on. That and that, yeah. that poor, that poor kid that just like, you know, you're kind of on the fence cause he kind of like pulled a shitty move. So you're like, shit, that's kind of like, that's horror territory for a death. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, but like, he, you know, he didn't mean badly by it. He just, oh, and so you know that he's done for. And then he literally um, ends up on the fence. I know. He's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what they were going for. You fuck, oh, son. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Um, you know, and so, and so, yeah, like, I, I honestly, like, there was, there was some really, really great moments, you know, honestly, I, I saw it once, I saw it in the theater, and like I said, I remember walking out being like, whoa, like, awesome, awesome, but then, I, I don't know if I just started thinking too hard about it, and I get that, though, I get you know that, what I mean, though. like, I, I don't know, like, and it, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's gonna be like, oh, it's nothing like the first one, fuck yeah. that, like, I, I get it, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's revisit these properties, let's, let's do something fun with them, and and honestly, like I think of anybody like to give that property to somebody like David Gordon Green, who I think had a really interesting, fresh take. That was one of the smartest things they could have done. Hundred percent. Yep. You know. Um, yep. And so, and so, kudos to them. And glad Carpenter's still involved with it. And you know, look, they're they're dealing with a mega franchise. Like there's there's a lot that they got to do. They got to keep tabs on a lot of stuff. Um, but like. I'm super excited for for kills though. Uh, I, yeah. I think that that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a, a really cool one. Uh, I, again, like like Alan said on his interview, like that that teaser where she's just screaming, "Let it burn!" It, it, it's it that itself leaves a lasting impression um, as to what you know you're you're going to experience. I think, and that's, um, that's I think it's exciting. That's like the Force Awakens. Like when the Force Awakens had to do the Star Wars thing, like they had to reintroduce everybody to it. They had to recalibrate everybody into that world. And then I'm hoping that Halloween Kills will be what the Return of the Jedi or whatever the fuck it was was supposed to be. Like, okay, now we, we laid the ground laws the ground rules down. We set yeah. it all up again. But now in the second one, we can do whatever the fuck we want and we're gonna go crazy. Well they didn't do that with Star Wars, but I'm hoping they what? do that with kills. You know what? If you're gonna go with the Star Wars analogy, like if Halloween the 2018 was Star Wars, then you're going to have Halloween Kills being Empire Strikes Back, so it's going to be the darker of the trilogy. Right. And then you're going to have Return of the Jedi, where Laurie Strode might be Luke Skywalker finally confronting Darth Vader and ending the tyranny. I think you're on to something right there. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think that, in a lot of ways, like Star Wars trilogy is exactly what Halloween trilogy, in some ways, are, are trying to mimic, as far as like you have the Star Wars uh, episode four, A New Hope, you have Halloween coming in, and then you have Empire Strikes Back to the darker of the trilogy, and then you have Return of the Jedi would, would be Halloween ends. Yeah, dude, like that's that's a good point. Like, I, I like, that. I like I, that to me feels like a really, that'd be a really great, like to have, to have Halloween kills be like that super dark, yeah. like, oh my God, like everything is just, no, like it, everything's falling apart <laughs> right yeah at the end of that fucking movie you're like what the shit just happened like luke skywalker's like lost yeah. his hand yeah like, yeah yeah i have no doubts that kills is gonna fucking rage i think it's gonna be the favorite of the franchise actually the only one i'm actually worried about is ends because like i think kills just sounds like so much of a sure thing to me right now i'm like then you gotta land it and when you when you have to land it that's the problem with like 97 percent of movies right like how many movies have we seen i know this is a trilogy but if you're looking at one movie how many movies have you seen that 80 percent and you're like this is fucking crazy what are they gonna do next how is this gonna land and then when they land you're like oh fuck that kind of ruined the whole goddamn thing ends is what i'm scared of when it comes to that trilogy it really is it's it's, it's, yeah it's it's a scary one well, and, well, and, and again, like going back to what you're saying about landing, it's 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 hard because when you 
when you have a trilogy and when you have a, such a beloved trilogy, like you can, can you imagine the discussions that the writer or the writers have in that room with the executives about how this is going to be pulled off and how this is going to make the fans happy. And how, like, I mean, to be in that position, not only is it like kind of, Oh my God, I can't believe we're like, we're talking about this right now. How cool is that? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. super like nerdy, like, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. At the same time, you're like, but yeah, Oh my God, like, this is like, this is serious. Like we need to do something that like does that, like does something and says something. And yeah. what's, what's unfortunate about a lot of these things that land is they land yet. They it's, it's so lukewarm. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing said. And look, no matter what you do, somebody's going to hate it. So, you know, you can't satisfy everybody, but like you almost want something that like says something like, you know, and like, and, 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 yeah. and just and accept the fact that it's going to, that it's going to be divisive. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like divisive things are the ones that like get people talking. Divisive things are the things that like get people like, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is what it says. This is what it means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what you want. You don't, you don't want, you know, this like, you know, it's not about ending it happy, but it, it's not like this thing that like, well, you walk out like, that was good. I'm oh my mad. gosh. If you, if you literally wow. walk out of Halloween ends and be like, that was good. Oh no. man, that, that, that's failure. <laughs> that's failure. Yeah. Yeah. Like there need there needs yeah. there needs to be like something that you're literally like like people are, are coming out being like holy shit dude, yeah, oh dude. my god and then you have the other people be like that was fucking retarded that was I hate it I hate it that's stupid that's stupid <laughs> that's the convo you need to have like you need to be at B dubs at eleven thirty in PM and be like dude what the fuck just happened that was crazy and like yeah. dude that was stupid as fuck like no 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 dude you don't you 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 forget like this happened here and they're like no 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 that was dumb like I like that conversation. You gotta have that conversation. Yeah. Like, you gotta have like this crazy, like this. You know, people walking out talking about it as they leave. Well, if they go like, yeah. I th- I think today, like, like with social media and stuff, I think that may be a big part of it too. Is because people get more feedback now than they've ever gotten in the history of the world so it's so easy to take all that feedback and calibrate it to exactly what fans want and then give them exactly what they want but then you almost like it's easy to do but then you walk out feeling like this deep hole in your stomach like you're unfulfilled you know what i mean like i'm not angry but i'm also not fucking psyched and like i think that's that's really interesting when it comes to halloween but marco v yeah. says if given the opportunity to direct any of the horror giants uh which which would he be more intrigued to film of any of the horror giants which we touched on a little bit but free oh, reign man. um i mean you know i i love the pumpkin head answer just because like it's it's not it's not so on the nose. I don't know if Pumpkinhead is necessarily considered a giant, though. Um, you know, at one point uh, when I heard that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was kind of up, that property was kind of up in the air. Um, be, you know, before um, before it was it was going to be remade or in in, in Fetty's case uh, continued mm. um, off the first movie. Um, <clears throat> I was, I, I came up with a with a pitch for it, like an idea for it that that I thought was was really interesting, and 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 that was something that was really exciting because that was that's been a movie that 
I feel like there's, again, there's such a strange, mysterious lore behind um, that family and, and that character that, mm-hmm. you know, again, like, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the, of the, of the remake in, was it 2003? Um, and the other ones, I just, too, too glossy. Like the, the thing, the thing about, the thing about Texas Chainsaw for me was always how, how, how grimy it was. Mm-hmm. And, you so know, I, I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I mean, and, and what's also interesting about that original one was it, it wasn't even that like splattery and bloody. It was just like, it was the way that it was photographed. It was like, there was, there was a real feeling that they, they captured, whether they were going for that or not, they, they did it. And um, I, I just, and so the, the kind of the glossier uh, remakes and prequels that came out just really didn't, didn't hold up for me. But like, you know, I think, I think with the Texas chains, uh, like it was all about these small, these small personal intimate stories. And I mean, in the first one you think about it, it's like, it's an intimate story of, you know, this, these, this, these kids, this one girl going to make sure that their, their grandfather's grave hasn't been exhumed. Like, mm-hmm. That's like a very like specific, super intimate story specific to a person. And to me, that's what it should be. And, it, and I don't know, like the other ones just got so like, they just got so out of sorts and, 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 and too, too big. And, and I, didn't, I didn't like that. So yeah, I, get that, yeah. I, I mean, I would have loved to have taken on uh, uh, a Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre story like again like in a very new and, and, and unique way um but if i'm to go back on one of the giants Pumpkinhead, maybe not uh being in that in that group um it would be fun to it would be fun to to maybe delve into the world of uh of freddy krueger yeah it's hard to deny it's hard to yeah. fucking deny that dude it would be hard I mean, not to look at that I mean, you know, I you know, I don't know how 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 much more Robert Englund has in him. I mean, he did just appear on the Goldbergs as Freddy Krueger like a couple of years That's ago true, or whatever. Yeah, so like, and he looked pretty damn good in in the yeah, makeup. Yeah. That's true. Um, but you know, I I don't I don't know what that would look like right now. But I mean, again, like I said, I've had dreams that yeah. I've been on set, and I've been like, holy shit, I'm directing would, the next Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and then I would wake up. Would, like, would you want to get Robert England to come back to to reprise the role of Freddy Krueger, or would your mindset to be like, I gotta find, like, I gotta get somebody new, like, I gotta get like like some fresh blood in this, like as a director, like it would be awesome, I I, I assume to direct Robert England as Freddy Krueger, but well, I think mind- that's yeah, I think that's that's that is the that's the tough question is because <laughs> you have you have. It's it, it's his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's that guy's face. You know, it's not, you know, and, and uh, you know, not detracting from any of the guys who, who played Jason, you know, they all had their their ways of doing it. But I mean, you know, you could you could put that mask on on a big guy right. and, it, you know, that like that could, you know, take some really great cues and, and, and some kill cues and standing tall and and being creepy in the background. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know when you when you look at at, at what they said about uh you know and, and i don't know if you guys know the history of, of nightmare on elm street 2 and they they cast just a, a like a nobody like, to, yeah. to, to to be the freddy krueger mm-hmm. to be freddy krueger and he was terrible 
yeah he like ran around doing like the the hand motions like yeah. a frankenstein yeah yeah and and, yeah. and so like okay bring back uh, bring back robert and and they did um that's a really tough one and you know again like <laughs> i uh i think you know my 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 instinct would would be like man yeah i would love to be able to like bring back that that original face because that mm. face is such a big part of freddy krueger you know you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. it's almost kind of like you know it's a mistake i think to to make another indiana jones but without harrison ford you know I what i mean you. it's just i get you yeah it, it just it just is and i mean you know i know there was a lot of people saying like it was a mistake to do wrong turn because you don't have three finger that's not I, really i kind of i, I, I kind of disagree with that but like you know <laughs> there there's there's you know there's gonna be plenty of people that i think hear that and be like well you did this i i gotta be honest with you man i when i saw the three fingers thing as i went the fucking guy with the that's that's not the same thing that's it just doesn't <laughs> i didn't miss you know no offense to that guy i just wow that's but no i get, that's a weird I, thing I get, to hold on to and be like i need this that's a weird yeah. choice you made there i but. get you man like you, you have the choice either maybe direct robert england in the freddy krueger makeup again or you have to cast someone new as the new freddy krueger and you have to direct that you know I mean, what do you and do it, but, like, but, but, but it's like but it's hard because like the the thing is and you i guess you could you could maybe you blame the director maybe you blame there's a lot of things you could blame about the remake um you know but you mean jackie earl haley he was I he's like a great him. actor yeah. he's, a, he's, a wonder, he's a great actor but like but you you they they, they tried it mm-hmm. and it, it was weird yeah, it was it was it wasn't right. Something yeah. wasn't right about that. It's mostly you know the squirrel mean? CGI face they put on him, but it yeah, didn't help, there's, at least. <laughs> there's a problem there. Like yeah, the, like Apollo 13. Yeah, we got a problem here, Houston. Like, you I, know, I I think I think what it comes down to is is you know, if you're gonna take a property like that, you you gotta find you gotta find that thing that you know that can really make it fresh. And like I think you know with the, with the remake it was just a remake, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, there was, you know, there was, there was a slight, there was a different story to it, but like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything new other than, you know, going to Freddie's, you know, dream sequence world and waking up and, you know, and, and the, the history. And, you know, there was that slight little turn in it where it was like, well, maybe he was just misunderstood and you're like, yeah. Oh, maybe he was. And I mean, that was kind of an interesting thing, but then it was like, Nope, he was actually really just a creepy pedophile. Right. And you're like, Oh, yep. well, yeah. I guess that makes sense because that's, what we know of Freddy Krueger to be, right. um, there would need to be that like that thing, that very different, unique thing to make it to make it its its very own. Um, yep. But I don't. I honestly, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Apparently, Elijah Wood has has the answer. I heard uh, that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I knew what that was because I mean, honestly, like you know, I, I think Elijah Wood's been taking some really ballsy, uh, interesting chances. Um, you know, some work, some don't, but I think that that's what's so cool about filmmaking. Well, he did so... one ring, so we don't know. Man, we can't thank you enough for hanging out with us tonight. And you've been a fucking champ. You went way longer than, than we had you scheduled to go. I, I really do appreciate it. I know the, I know that the chat appreciates it, man. Awesome. What we'd love to have you on again at some point, if you want to just talk some shit i could ask you a bunch of questions about domestics i had a whole list of shit about domestics i could ask you about i loved it man especially go like go back the second time and you're like oh shit 
there's even more here than I thought there was. Uh, well, well, just give give me give me one to end it off with then. Uh, just one. Okay. Um, well, I got to fucking I'll, don't make me pull up my list here. I got notes, Mike. Just, just, just give me one, and then got, we'll, we'll call the night. I got I got a hundred notes going on about it, but <laughs> um, so for instance, okay, Willie, the character of Willie, you got. Uh, and this guy, what's his name? David uh, Dasmalkian? Is that Desmalchian. how you? Desmalchian. Desmalchian, you say his name. Yeah. This is the guy, and Jay and I watched, literally last night, Jay and I watched and did a commentary for The Dark Knight, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's the cop that that's sitting there like shaky, sweaty face, just smiling at yeah. And Aaron Eckhart's like, God damn it! You know, he doesn't understand there's something wrong with him. And then he's in your movie, and he's like a fucked up, like, he's like a, he's like a, a Zed from Pulp Fiction version mm-hmm. of uh, Pee Wee Herman. Like, mm-hmm. Fuck just that, that's that's what it was supposed to be. Are you fucking are you serious? <laughs> I'm a hundred I'm a hundred percent serious. Done. Like like that like see to me it was like it was always about creating a scene that like like I, I'm not the guy, I'm not gonna go out. I, I, I can't do a I can't do a rape sequence, sorry. I just I just can't oh, I, ha- so, I hate those so good. Like yeah. I just it, it's 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 so hard for me to deal with I I, I have a hard Ugh. time watching them. I have a hard time when movies have them. It's very rarely that a movie has it and I feel like they needed to do that mm-hmm. um but you know for me it was about like creating a scene like that that builds an expectation about that and that making people uncomfortable and you know david and i had talked about that and he it was so cool like when we when i reached when we reached out to david to do the role like he didn't even read the script he read the scene just that scene and he goes i'm in <laughs> I, was like, oh, yeah. I was like that's so cool um and uh um you know it was it was about like again it was that scene was all about expectations all about you know creating a scene in your mind that that could have ended up being being worse than than what it ended up being um and uh he just like working with him on that day was so incredibly fun I remember when we sat, like when we were working, like he had, he, he had this idea. He goes, I, I understand this. Like I get this. And I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do then. I'm not going to like get in your head about, you know, Willie and what he should do. I'm just going to go one, two, or three. One is I want you to be subdued. Two is, you know, you're a little bit more lively. You're just, you're out there. And three, you're just absolutely that shit crazy and so what we did was you know sometimes we would do two takes of a scene sometimes it was one sometimes it was three takes of a of a of a shot whatever and you know when the take when we'd cut and we'd go to the next take i'd be like i'd be like david he'd be like okay and then you know david okay and like a picture then, then then in the editing room uh our editor julia wong who is awesome like it was literally going through all those performances and cutting a one next to a three, next to a one, next to a two. That's cool. Next yeah. to a two, next to a one, next to a three. And it was just like, and it just, <laughs> it literally just made like this moment, like so nuts. And, uh, and I, it was so cool. Like I was able to watch it with uh, people in the theater and like when he opens up that bathroom door and the door opens and there's like, Jeff uh, Chase, the, the, who's an amazing, you know, actor and, and, a, and a stunt guy, and he's standing behind that door. Every, you just hear everybody go, 
Um, <laughs> no, it was it was definitely one of the most memorable moments shooting that film, and and we literally shot that that whole sequence in a day. That's fucking awesome. Like we had we had to like we were flying. Like David was out. We shot the moment. We shot the scene. He left. <laughs> Holy That's shit! All. Flash Gordon. Oh, I can no. see. I can, dude, and I can see exactly what you're saying that scene because he goes from like I like to see ultraviolet shit. And I'm a fucking weirdo to all of a sudden yeah. like yeah, cocksuckers, let's fucking go. <laughs> Like man, he just went from like zero to eleven real quick. It was an amazing scene, dude. It was awesome. It's it's fucking cool to hear the behind the scenes about that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fun, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, man. Thank you, man. You guys, let me know when you wanna you wanna talk shit again. Let's do it. Absolutely, let's do it. you can let's bet on it, it, dude. We definitely will. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks, Mike White, for getting us in touch with you. Uh, man, we can't wait to see what you do next, man. And trust me, don't don't worry about it. I, I feel like. Uh, I'm definitely, definitely gonna get to that fifth film and a fucking lot more. We're gonna have that happen. Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> Pumpkinhead, yeah! Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Start a trend on Twitter. Hashtag Pumpkinhead. Let's fucking do it. Mike oh. P. Nelson. Let's do that. I want that oh, shit. Right. I need it. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, thank you so thank much, you, man. man. Can't thank you All enough. Right. It's been a lot of fun, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. You too, hey, brother. You too, and All good right. night, chat. You guys have an amazing night. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. I had a sister named Judith She had sex with this kid It all ended awkwardly quick You know, I stabbed her in the tits I know it probably wasn't cool of me But I just went crazy You see, my middle name is Audrey Myers. Now I'm not broken, it's been scrolled. Hey, just speaking. Bitch, I know. Oh, 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 oh. all said she was boring it all happened awkwardly quick you know i murdered all those kids step one choke you in the car step two pin bob to the door step three dress up like a ghost step four strangle linda with the phone Got me shot six times. Step seven. Now who's the bad guy? Step eight.